Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet at the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things. Congratulations, guys, for starting a brand new week. It is Monday, and we all hope you have a great, fantastic week planned ahead of you. And, of course, we are getting off to a really good start because we got writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett joining us today. Robert, how you doing? John, I am doing good, although I almost OD'd on Ishmael's cookies that he made and gave it to us at the fan screening yeah oh, we'll talk about so talk good. about that in just a second sitting right beside him another guy who knows something about making cookies it's ray Ora. ray how you doing hey how you doing i uh, love cookies baby <laughs> <laughs> and ray will of course be in the live chat with you guys today chatting it up with you in there and also sitting beside him of course chris Carr is joining us today chris how are you doing i'm doing so great i got a brand new wedding band i'm having a great Ooh, day yeah. why the other one didn't are get stolen married? Out of no the, park, the right? other one we were just so poor it's falling apart so now i have like a real one <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Wow. and hey it's a time for guests because we just did on friday we had our john campy show fan screening of the batman mm -hmm. on friday had a whole bunch of fun at it i want to call out uh, a couple people though uh, one is one of our viewers, Kevin Cow, who brought us like the hyper bow, the, the hyper bow figure that he designed. And he also now the reason I don't have it yet is because it's still in my car. I need to bring it out of my car. But he also gave a couple of us the large Funko Arashem, the judge, which was just amazing and great. Love that. And also one of our viewers, Ishmael, who like put on his bacon cap, makes the best cookies. baking, not bacon. That'd be a very different gift. <laughs> but his baking cap and like brought like loads of homemade cookies that he made for us. Dude. And they were delicious. They're so good. Dude. They're so good. I mean, I've, I after you, you, first of all, you have to hide them. Yeah. Because once people know where they are. You got to hide them from yourself. And exactly. you do have to, I was going to say, I, I, <laughs> yeah. kept, I was like, I'm just going to have one more. And I kept going and getting one more and then another and exactly. then another and then another. Yeah, they were dangerous. I had to put them on a high shelf that I can't reach because we don't have a step stool. <laughs> and so. he brought his now mom to the like, screening okay. too. And he brought oh, his mom yeah. to the screening, which was so great. We were sitting in front of him and his mom. His mom is the most fun person to sit near in a movie. Well, she loved it. She's like, she's one of these people that like reacts to things in the movie. So that, that was pretty fun. Anyway, guys, we're glad that you're joining us here today. And we do have a lot of stuff that we need to cover. Let's get to a couple of uh, house cleaning items here first. First of all, if you guys need your daily fix to the John Campus show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting, you're at the gym, whatever. Good news, there's an audio-only version Known as the John Campia Show Podcast. Just go to your favorite podcasting app of choice. Subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. But also we have another new podcast that is out there for our show, Movie Club. Movie Club is on its own podcast feed. It's not in the regular podcast feed. So we are now four movies in. And by the way, tomorrow is the next meeting of Movie Club. And to commemorate the opening of the Batman, we're going to be talking about what a lot of people consider to be the greatest Batman movie of all time, The Dark Knight. So tomorrow, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, whatever time that is for you in your time zone, we are going to be doing The Dark Knight. And then once we're done, it'll be going up on the Movie Club podcast feed. So make sure you guys go and subscribe to the Movie Club podcast feed as well. All right, here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We break the show down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you guys have a live comment or question, just go ahead into the YouTube chat and use the super chat feature, and we will read those off 
once we get to the end of the main topics. Also want to remind you guys that if you're watching this video any of the other 22 hours during the day and you can't get into Super Chat, me and Rob do three times a week a show called Mailbag where we take your comments and questions if you're not watching us live. And the way you send in a comment or question for Mailbag is to use the tip link that's down in the description of this video below. Just click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on Mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate for our show. And of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved here at the John Campia Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. You know, Pixar, I've, I've said before, I think there's an argument to be made that Pixar is not just the best animation studio, but there's an argument to be made they may be the best movie studio, period. Live action or animation otherwise. When you look at their track record, you can't deny there's an argument to be made there. Anyway, their newest film coming out right now, Turning Red, uh, by Good Canadian Girl, the, the director from Bow, which, by the way, one of the most adorable so short good. films they've ever done. It's so amazing. It's so good. And again, Good Canadian Girl getting her own full-length feature film for Pixar, and that's coming in on the way. And it's called Turning Red. And the trailers have been simply adorable. Like, I've really enjoyed the trailers. I also get a kick out of seeing it all happens in Toronto, which is, of course, my neck of the woods. But still, looks adorable, looks fun, looks great. Then came word uh, that Disney made the absolute moronic, stupid, brain-dead decision that, once again, they were going to take a Pixar film and dump it on Disney Plus and take it out of theaters. Uh, which pissed off people at Pixar, caused a lot of confusion for a lot of us, whatever. First reactions started coming out. First reactions looked pretty good. But now the review embargo has lifted and the reviews are coming out. Now, when I first checked the reviews this morning, it was sitting at 90%. It has since climbed to 93%. Now, the general consensus that I'm seeing from the reviews, and I've not yet watched it myself, is that this is not top shelf Pixar. Not the best of the best of Pixar. Like, it's not in that same category with what you consider the all-time best Pixar films. But the consensus is that it's extremely strong. A lot of people saying it's got incredibly, incredible good emotional depth. It's charming. It's got all the things that the trailer kind of made it look like it would be. But again, not absolutely top shelf. When we go through some of the reviews... The Arizona Republic is saying, it all works beautifully and the animation is brilliant. The Guardian writes, the journey is slick and uh, diverting and at times incisive, but Turning Red is yet another Pixar film that coasts rather than glides. Hopefully its next offering can turn into something more. So again, liked it, but not, not top shelf, whatever. Little White Lies writes, the crown jewel of Pixar's people turn into creature uh, movies. The Daily Telegraph writes... It's hard to know what's more impressive about the latest Pixar film. It's boundless artistry, ingenuity, and loopy comic verve, or the mere fact that the studio got away with making it. Uh, the Globe and Mail writes, not only reminds you of Pixar's strengths in general, but how animated films can deliver layered, tricky, emotionally res uh, resonant stories with powerful, punchy pop. And that, that seems to be the kind of general consensus when you're reading through all of them. It's like, this movie is wonderful, it's fun, it's got great emotional depth. A lot of them, too, talk about the whole theme about growing up. But what I loved reading about was it's not just talking about growing up from the perspective of a kid. It talks about growing up from the perspective of an adult as well. 
looking back at, at how we developed and how we grew and all that kind of stuff. So it looks like this movie is everything I was kind of hoping it would be. Mm. Rob, you're hearing the reviews for this uh, movie now. You've been seeing the trailers. What are you thinking about this right now? Well, you know, we've talked a lot about how we think it's stupid that this was debuting on Disney+. Plus. Absolutely moronic. And uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, from the first time I saw the trailer for this, I, I looked at it and thought, well, this looks delightful. And it it doesn't surprise me that it's getting, you know, good notices when when people it's funny because it seems to me now critical establishment that it's either if this isn't the most life changing film you've ever seen, then it's <laughs> it's OK. You know, it's it's it, but with Pixar, the 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 tier, the 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 ceiling or whatever is so high. The bar is set so it high. It really is. I mean, these these Pixar movies, we do kind of feel that they're going to change our lives when they come out. <laughs> I mean, like Toy Story 3. You, who thought that was going to be as emotional as it was? And uh, it was, man. But I, you know, this, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see this. Um, when does it drop on Disney Plus this week? The 11th. Yeah. The 11th. Yeah. So it is this week. Later this week. Yeah. So I, I you know what? Uh, this is a day one uh, watch for me. Uh, can't wait. I do. It, is it? Does it just go on regular Disney Plus, or do you have to pay a premium to see it? No, it's just dropping regular just on drop Disney it. Plus. Yeah. Well, I think. Look, they've got my they've got my first day viewership, so I'm excited, John. It sounds just like what I'm looking for. Now, I, I should point out too that word has come out that Disney is going to open it in one or two theaters in New York and at the El Capitan in Los Angeles. On the same day that it drops on Netflix, so on, on March 11th, let's be honest, the reason they're doing this is not to have a special fan experience. They're doing this to qualify it for the Oscars. Absolutely. So that's why they're doing it. And get this. So if you want to see this movie in theaters, you can only go to the El Capitan, which despite the most uncomfortable seats in all of movie theaters anywhere in the world, it's a pretty great experience going to yes. the El Capitan. They want 40 bucks a ticket. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. They want 40 bucks a ticket. Uh, and Do I get a red get a... panda Snuggie when I get there? Like, what's <laughs> I, happening? That's like the, that's like the equivalent of, of what gas prices are today. <laughs> what the okay. hell? You can either drive for the same price. It's going to cost you to drive to the theater. No. And a pair, then there's a $75 ticket you can get that will also get you like a tub of popcorn. Or like, I guess you're also, you're going to get a commemorative lan lanyard, like for the special event. They're going to try to make it special, but it's like, Really? So you're depriving audiences of being able to see this on the big screen the way the filmmakers intended. But with what few exceptions you're having, it's not even early. So they're not even like playing this in these theaters like 24 hours before it drops on Netflix. Nope, not even that. But on top of that, you're going to charge $40 a ticket. Again, it's supposed to be a little bit of a special experience, I guess. I don't know what it's going to be in New York. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But anyway, Chris, uh, you're seeing this. You're seeing the reactions that are coming out for it. The reviews are now dropping. It's scoring very high. Uh, you've been watching the trailers, combining it all together. What are you thinking about this? I think this looks so cute. I've been excited from this about this from the get-go because I love Bao Like You. I think that short is so oh, it's good. so good. And this looks great. I love this character's confidence. I love the design of everyone. I love how the red panda looks. I think yeah. this is going to be so freaking adorable. I am trying to wrap my head around taking a child to see a movie for $40, though, if you want to give them <laughs> the big screen experience. Because, I mean, what a great first movie to go see in a theater. And the El Capitan is incredible. I mean, you've got that yeah. whole wonderful organist situation. There's usually a lovely pre-show, too. You usually see some really cool things from behind the scenes. But, man, that feels like highway robbery, and it feels like we're depriving children of a really cool experience. Yep. Yeah, and again, it's... 
it's only one movie theater yeah. they're doing this in. It's only the one theater, but still, whatever. You Question can't is, go to Godava after, or Ghirardelli afterwards. You're too poor. Uh, that's the thing. The, the El Capitan <laughs> was right beside the Ghirardelli, so you walk out of the theater. You don't even have to go outside. They yeah, have a door connected. Go, go right into a Ghirardelli, and you grab all these chocolates and ice cream. It's so good. Anyway, question is for you guys. What do you think about this? The reviews for Turning Red are coming in, and they are predictably really, really strong. Have you had interest in this? Does the reviews increase your interest for it? Maybe you still have none at all. I'm dying to see this movie personally. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comments section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top here, shall we? And that's next off the top is this. You know, there is a IP in the world of movies, a franchise that elicits great smiles and memories and also great sadness and disappointment at the same time. And, and that would be Predator. Because, you know, you think of Predator, all I can see in my head is the tobacco-chewing face of one Jesse the Body Ventura saying, I ain't got time to bleed. Mm. All sorts of goodness in Predator, right? But then you think about Predator... And you also think of the most recent really disappointing offering from Shane the Black, Predator. a filmmaker I love yeah. very, very much. Yep. And I was excited about that Predator. Not so much. I think it's safe to say Predator has never been able to get back to the glory of the first film. But they keep trying. God bless them, they keep trying. And then there was the one with the guy who started as the pianist. Uh, yeah, Predators. Yeah, that, Predators. That, that one came from the one where Robert Rodriguez's voice. Right? Yeah. That that one was actually pretty was good. Pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I dug that one. I mean, nowhere near as much as the first one, but I love that one. Now we've heard that there is another Predator movie coming, and we've known about this. It was going to be set sometime in the past. Now, though, we know officially when it's happening. The new Predator movie is going to be taking place in the year seventeen nineteen. Now, this comes to us from the folks over at Joe Blow, recording the head from Fox, who said this. In order to meet the volume that we are looking at, which is by 2023, having 10 plus movies just for Hulu, they're saying just for streaming, but I believe Fox is dedicated to making 10 dedicated movies a year for Hulu or one of the other streaming platforms they have. It's going to be a combination of originals in those genres, comedy, thriller, young adult, horror, and coolest and coolest of all for fans we get to find bold takes on beloved fox properties you can take a big crate you can take big creative swings which you'll see with prey that's the name of the new predator movie we talked about this before prey which will launch this summer a predator movie set in the great plains in 1719 by dan trackenberg who i always i'm convinced i'm mispronouncing his name uh that's what this movie allows us to do now, they before they had already said that kind of an idea about this movie is uh, Naru, a skilled female warrior who fiercely protects her tribe against a highly evolved alien predator. So you're going back to that. Now, this, in some ways, this isn't brand new news. We knew this one was going to be taking place sometime in the past. We knew it was going to be taking place with the Native American tribe and stuff like that. But now we know the specific date. Frank, I honestly, I heard 300 years before. I honestly didn't, I still didn't think they were going to go that far back. And I am torn about this because part of me on one hand thinks cool new predator. Also part of me thinks cool putting a predator in an environment we haven't really seen done before other than predators that took place on another planet. It, it's always generally be, been but even that was like another planet's jungle. 
Yeah, it was still, it was just another jungle, right? So this is going to be a completely different context for a Predator movie, and I appreciate they're doing that. I do. I think, that, cool, take a swing. However, taking on a Predator was nearly impossible with modern weaponry. <laughs> and Jesse the Body Ventura with old Painless and whatever weapon that is that... Uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is unloading at it. That was hard enough. With with the weaponry that they're going to have in that time period, I got to wonder, I mean, of course the Predators are sporting individuals. They like to keep things fair, right? So maybe they'll, they'll not bring any of their technology. Maybe they won't bring any of their own weaponry. Maybe they're just going to go straight hand-to-hand combat. I don't know. They're going to come up with something. I'm, I'm at least intrigued by this. Far more intrigued than I am by a new alien, to be honest with you at this point. So I'm still, I'm intrigued by this, but some question marks, you know, it's, it's going to be made strictly for streaming. It's not going to be, it's not being designed or financed as a theatrical release. So yeah, at this point, I won't say I'm super excited, but I am intrigued. Rob, you were getting some details now about this new Predator thing. Where are you at on this? Well, it makes me think about my favorite bit in any Predator movie, which is of course in Aliens versus Predator requiem and if you remember that it's not a great movie john but at the beginning <laughs> the beginning it, w when some shenanigans from the previous film spill over and cause a problem you cut to the predator homeworld and you actually see right. the predator kind of at work you know he's in like a building somewhere and he sees a blinking light like up oh, there's a problem on, our, on earth and he basically has to pack up and go solve this problem well once you've seen the predators have their own urban environments it leads me to want to ask the question do they watch sitcoms? And are there predators that star in those sitcoms? Because there must be. And and like there's got there's a whole world. Like this dude was this predator was at his job. We actually saw a predator doing his job and he has to go solve a problem. I want to see that area of the predators' lives explored because all we've ever seen is weekend hunts. These guys just go out on these weekend hunts. I mean, they've got to be, there's got to be a whole more to that lifestyle than if you're a predator, you got to do more. And I think if they're going to make an ongoing predator series, I would like to see a day in the life of. Let's see the Friday Night Lights of the Predators. <laughs> Young you know, predators trying to make it as their version of a football player. In uh, that, I mean, why shouldn't we? Why do we can't only, lose? Uh, I mean, I think it's really selling the predator race short. That all we ever learn about them is the weekend hunts that the good old boys go on. I mean, that'd be like, that'd be like, can you imagine if you just watch TV shows about, uh, you know, guys in like Alabama going to hunt for the weekend? How exciting would that be? Very exciting to those guys. I guess it would be. I mean, I just, I want to see more. I, I, you know, it's interesting that they're going to go, go to the Great Plains in 1787 and fight somebody. I mean, how fair is that? If you're a predator, you come from an alien planet with alien technology and you're fighting primitive natives. Anybody could do that. No, no less fair than us walking into the forest with shotguns, shooting, shooting things that aren't there. At least or don't they can't fight. Back. Well, at least we eat them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what is the predator? And who's do? to say they won't? I, I just to say twist. they won't. That's true. I just want to see more domestic predator dramas. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Does Predator have their own Batman? They must. Predator I mean, the the Predator Batman. I want, I want to see, see that the movie. Predator Back to the Future. <laughs> Anyway, Chris, you're hearing about this. Do you have do you have any excitement for this? Maybe a lot, maybe not. I don't know. What are you thinking? No. No. <laughs> and I'm like you too. If like if I want more alien stuff, I just play Alien Isolation. That game is terrifying. It's so fun. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Predator, 
for for why seventeen nineteen? Like historically, what makes that year so interesting? Because I the only thing I can think of is we the Spanish gave Pensacola to the French around then, so that's not even <laughs> in the Great Plains. But also, this just feels like a movie where there's a lot of room for big mistakes of poorly portraying indigenous people. And I would love more representation for indigenous people in all forms of media, especially sci-fi. But this seems like there's going to have so much room for so much to go wrong. And I, I especially just, for the predator. I, <laughs> especially for the predator. By the way, I have to just shout this just out. Dad boy twenty two uh, in the live chat says, "Predators got talent." There and we there's go. There's your TV show for you. Predators I'd watch got that. Talent. That seems more interesting. This I just don't. I don't know why they're doing it as a uh, as opposed to them just like spinning a wheel and being like, "Yeah, seven nineteen. Why not?" But uh, we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon if it works. And our question is for you guys. What do you think about this? The next Predator film, which will, I think will be on Hulu, I think that's where it's going, will be taking place in the year of 1719. I, hey, it's something different. They've never done this before, really, with the Predator franchise, but maybe that's not enough. How are you guys feeling about it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one last off the top here, shall we? And that last off the top is this. You know, I've one of the big lamentations you'll hear from movie fans, even comic book movie fans, is that sometimes, including me, sometimes comic book movies, while they're great and we love them and we eat them up, sometimes they lean into tropes a little bit too much. Like particularly, hey, we don't have a lot of substance, throw in a big cameo. That'll get everybody excited. Ooh, look at the keys, everybody. I mean, and it's one thing. And an over-reliance on shared cinematic universe. Everything has to be connected and all this kind of stuff. And I've been super encouraged lately, particularly by Warner Brothers, who a couple of their last few movies, The Joker and now The Batman, are being received incredibly well, making money, and are just excellent, excellent films. In the case of The Joker, being nominated for Best Picture, winning Joaquin Phoenix and Academy Award, all this great stuff. That are not about connecting to other films and not about a, a, a lot of fan service, not about a lot of kind of stuff. And it's just really cool seeing comic book movies being able to accomplish that in this day and age. Well, the big executives over at Warner Brothers, we have uh, or Emmerich, has chimed in, and, and some people interpret what he said here as taking a shot at Marvel. I don't, I don't interpret it as that. But he was talking about, you know, the success of the Batman and where they're going. And he said this. He said the following. The secret of the movie business is quality. Can't disagree with him. It's the best business strategy for both theatrical motion pictures and superhero movies. I didn't know they were two separate things. Anyway, the movies don't have to, to all have the same tone or interlock with other DC movies or have an Easter egg that sets up another film. Quality is the most important factor for a studio. And the biggest thing you can do uh, to influence quality is the filmmaker that you hire. Now, he goes on to talk about how they really want to focus on making their films director-driven and all that kind of stuff. And I had a couple of thoughts. I thought you might. Some of which I had to take back. Oh. Because my initial thought was when he's saying, you know, the movies don't have to have all the same tones or or interlock with other DC movies that had Easter eggs and set up other films and Easter eggs you can count cameos and stuff like that. I'm like, wait a minute. Time out. I was just watching Peacemaker and I could have swore you had 
Aquaman and Flash and a silhouetted Superman and a silhouetted Wonder Woman showing up. I mean, huh? What are you talking about? We we don't you don't have to have cameos or Easter eggs or things that connect to a larger cinematic universe. And then of course I won't go into what happens in the Batman, but then I re-looked at what he said again. And what he's saying actually does make a lot of sense. He's saying the movies don't have to all have the same tone or interlock with other DC movies or have an Easter egg that sets up other films. He's not saying you can't have exciting action style comic book movies that are like the other ones they've done. He's not saying you can't interlock them with other movies. He's not saying you can't have Easter eggs or cameos. What he's saying is they don't all have to do that. They don't have to all do that. And on that, I have been waiting for a long time to hear a movie executive say that. Because, you know, again, like I said, one of the most exciting things for me in the development of comic book movies over the last few years has been the Joker and the Batman. Saying, yes, we can have all these great shared cinematic universe films. I can't wait for Flash. I cannot wait for Doctor Strange 2. I cannot wait for Thor, Love and Thunder. That Those are going to be great. But you don't just have to do those movies. You can be more creative and give more creative freedom to filmmakers and let them tell isolated, outside of shared cinematic universe movies. And the results have been the Joker and the results have been the Batman. And that's pretty damn good. Two for two, by my estimation. And I've said before that I really look forward to Kevin Feige, hopefully, kind of, who's, who's, who's just like the greatest producer of all time. But... I would really love to see Kevin Feige take a look at that and say, huh, yeah, let, let's bring in a filmmaker, maybe an Edgar Wright, who was going to do Ant-Man, but we had to part ways because Ant-Man that he wanted to make no longer fit in with our overall MCU, so we really couldn't give him that creative freedom. Well, maybe we do let Edgar Wright come in and tell an outside-of-the-MCU Marvel-based story. God, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you the concept of that excited me. And that leads into the other thing that Emmerich said where he says, he talks about how our films are going to be director-driven and, you know, the biggest thing you can do to influence quality is the filmmaker that you hire. See, you can do that when you're telling isolated standalone movies. You can't do that effectively in a shared cinematic universe. Like, the MCU would be an absolute unequivocal mess if Kevin Feige just went to his filmmakers and said, yeah, make whatever movie you want. The whole place, the whole thing would implode. It wouldn't work. Whatever makes you happy, Tinka. Yeah, Go for whatever it. makes you Tinka, happy. Tinka, you do what you want. You just do you. <laughs> we'll figure it out. No, if you're going to have an MCU that works and becomes the biggest, most successful film franchise in cinematic history, you've got to have creative control at the top, and then filmmakers have to adhere to certain parameters. If you want filmmakers to do really whatever they want, then you've got to give them standalone, isolated movies. You can have both, and both can be successful. So while I kind of first was looking at Emmerich's comments and sort of rolling my eyes, the more I think about what he said, to me, I think he's right on the money, and it makes me excited about what the future of comic book movies as a whole can be and what the future of DC can be moving forward. Because I'll tell you what, that right now they're kind of killing it. Like when you're talking about Joker or Peacemaker, the Batman, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, well, whatever. But but for the most part, they have been crushing it. And I'm excited to see it. Anyway, Rob, you're reading his comments. What do you make of them? Well, it's 
you know, I, I hear this and I'm thinking, wow, that should be pretty much par for the course for every movie you make, Toby Emmerich. Yes. I mean, director-driven, <laughs> creative-driven properties, you want to have the best filmmakers tackling the best material. That should just be what every studio executive should say. But in terms of superhero movies, the problem with Warner Brothers is they didn't have a Kevin Feige. They wanted to emulate Marvel's success without having the infrastructure, meaning the creative infrastructure, in place to do that. And, and you know, you talk about director-driven, the Nolan Batman films are a perfect example. Those films are their own own movies. They're, they're, they're hermetically sealed, and they weren't servicing a wider universe. They were servicing their own. And you had a creative entity in Christopher Nolan. He would, he would make a Batman movie, then he would go make an Inception. And then he would make The Dark Knight, and he'd make something else. And so you had that. The problem is you can't have a shared cinematic universe work unless you have people like Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, and Victoria Alonso at the top making sure that there's people who know what they're doing, just like you can't have a great TV show without great showrunners, you know? And I, I think that what Warner Brothers has discovered is, yes, we wanted Marvel's success, but we didn't have the people in place to make that happen. So we floundered, and we floundered a lot. Now, Todd Phillips makes the Joker for $65 bucks, and it makes a billion dollars. The Batman, I don't know how much it costs, but Matt Reeves gets to make his new take on the film. It's their biggest opening in the pandemic era. You know, I think it's great. It's great that he said that, but this is not rocket science. Chris, mm-hmm. uh, you're hearing his statements. He's got a lot of layered stuff in there. Yeah. What do you think about what he's saying? What's applicable? What's not applicable? What works? What doesn't? What do you think? Well, I think going back to Rob's point, you bring up such a great point here, Rob, of they haven't had a Feige, and this is what we need. We need everything to kind of come together with that master plan, right? Of let's put these puzzle pieces together. You know, if they are going to be their own entities, let's make sure that is well known. Don't try to keep crashing them together. You can't do circle and square here, right? And hope that they're going to just stick. You either need to have something that's nice and cohesive or they can all be their own thing with these kind of auteur approaches to them. Um, and real quick, Birds of Prey is great. I'm just going to say that. Birds of Prey is fantastic. <laughs> I, th- I know a lot of people you that know? really like it. I, I was... Well, it's the one DCEU movie I don't like. And this this just goes back to how subjective film is, yeah. though, too, right? Because Joker, I saw Joker once, and I never need to see it again. And I just am going to have a different perspective as a comic and as a woman, because that movie's terrifying, right? Oh, it's, Where it's yes, just it like, I never want to see this again, because I know that guy. I know him, and he really exists. <laughs> he lives in my building. Right? So, <laughs> like, there's that. But I, I am I'm excited to hear them kind of realize one of their issues and address one of their issues and own it. And hopefully they'll move forward and give us some things that are really, really nice. And to borrow a phrase from you, don't feel like member berries. Feel like things that work together as a whole, as a cinematic universe. Otherwise don't call it a cinematic universe. One of the big problems though that, see, here's the thing. Warner Brothers has tried over the years to put together what their Feige structure would be. Sometimes it was a single person. Sometimes it was a committee of people, which is rarely going to work, but it can. Committee committee can work. I mean, just look at the, the Russo brothers. I mean, they're a committee of two and they make their projects work great. The problem has been, oh, and once again, I forgot to uh, I gotcha. turn on her fan. The problem has been that it's it's a traditional problem with a lot of organizations, which is giving responsibility without giving authority okay and this is this is a 
a corporate mistake that a lot of companies make, that a lot of businesses, that a lot of teams, that a lot of organizations make. Giving somebody a responsibility to do something, but not giving them the, the authority to truly carry out with their vision. Warner Brothers has suffered with that in the past, where they put this person up, and then they put this person up, and then they put this person saying, now, yeah, you're going to be the sheriff now, you're going to be, or this group, you guys are going to be responsible. But at the end of the day, they don't really give them authority to truly take ownership of it and go. Kevin Feige's always had a boss, whether it was uh, Alan or whether it was Big Papa Iger or whatever. He's always had bosses, but his bosses empower him to, you're responsible for making our MCU work. So we're also going to give you the authority to go and do it. And we'll step in where we need to. If there's bigger issues that supersede just the MCU, like, like the James Gunn situation did, Alan Horn had to get involved indirectly because that superseded just the MCU and became a Disney-wide issue. I still don't like how they handled it, but whatever. But that's kind of been the big thing. And that, to me, it hasn't been about... Warner Brothers hasn't been willing to put somebody in charge. It's that they've been willing to put somebody in place to be responsible for making it work without actually giving them the authority to do it. And I think if they can learn that lesson, they could be off to the races. And under David Zaslav, the CEO of Discovery, who's about to be the new boss of Warner Brothers, that's what he does. He gives, he takes in all his, he puts a president in, in place of all their different branches of their networks, and he gives them the authority to run your network. Go, I'll get involved where I need to, but otherwise than that, you run the you know the home whatever channel you run the cooking channel you run the food network you want and he empowers them to just go and do it and also john but you have to have the people that really are worthy of having that authority you know because a guy like kevin feige we've talked about it on the show he was responsible he worked as a producer on 14 marvel movies before the mcu started he worked with different filmmakers, he worked with different characters, and he saw the ins and outs of how these movies work and how these movies don't work. The level of experience that he got making Marvel movies, when he finally got to launch the MCU in 2008 with Iron Man, he had more experience as a producer than anyone else on the planet making Marvel movies. And he knew, and, and, and what we need are people with that ability and that understanding to have that authority. Because a lot of the time, look at Bob Chapek. He worked his way up into the corporate structure. He did good in some places, less good in others. Now, he's it, because of attrition or because of his job, he, he ascends to the leadership position of, of Disney. Is he the best qualified person? We'll see. Yeah. But that's, I think that's the problem in a lot of this corporate, these corporate structures, people rise to the top without necessarily having the understanding to be given the authority they need to implement change. And But the part of the problem too is they don't give them a chance. Like at Warner Brothers, it doesn't look like they've given them the authority to do things and then truly give them a chance to see if their vision can work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's part of the reason why I say I don't like the job Bob Chapek is doing at all, but I still think we need to give him a little bit more time. I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of time. It feels very short-sighted right now. Yeah, and that's what Warner Brothers has been historically. Yeah. Short-sighted. Like, they've been very reactionary, very whatever, but let's see if they can get things on track here, move forward. Question is for you guys. What do you think about these comments saying about they want to focus on the quality of the films, more on filmmakers? We're seeing films like The Joker and The Batman coming out. 
What do you think? Where's your enthusiasm level right now for the future of DC and the DCEU? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into our main topics today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampyshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? First topic comes from Big Boy Trent. Hey, John and crew. I just saw an article saying WB has went into development on a sequel to the film I Am Legend, with Will Smith also confirmed to be returning. Not only that, but Michael B. Jordan will also be starring in the film. I love the first film, but is it too late to be making another one? Keep up the good work. Bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, big boy. And uh, under the category of what? <laughs> File this one under that. And I am like, now I remember a few years ago, there was some talk about them trying to reboot I Am Legend. I remember there's talking about that. They were going to revisit the property again, but it would be disconnected from the Will Smith one. Then I heard the idea that they were going to try to relaunch it, but it was going to be a cloned... What was Will Smith's character's name? Neville? Yeah. Or something, yeah. Robert Neville. Robert Neville. They were going to try to... They were going to... It would be a clone of Neville, right? It was going to be the thing. I mean, if you saw I Am Legend, you know why that may have been necessary. I will say this. I liked I Am Legend. I mean, I, was it utterly fantastic? No. The movie was also very prophetic because... There was that great scene where he's walking through the abandoned streets and a big billboard was Batman versus Superman, <laughs> yeah. the movie on the big movie marquee, which, of course, would happen many years later. So it was very prophetic in that way. I thought it was an interesting take on the the vampires and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool about their emotion, about how, you know, to them, Will Smith was the monster. He was the boogeyman in the night. He was the evil creature that was trying to snuff out their existence, whatever. An interesting ending, stuff like that. An okay movie. But it came and went. It was, what, what year was it, 2008? Or something like that? It's been forever. The way it ended doesn't exactly lend itself to a sequel. And then kind of seemingly out of nowhere, this news comes that not only is it Will Smith, but Michael B. Jordan is going to be in it too. This comes from the folks over at Screen Rant who write the following. Now it has been announced that I Am Legend 2 is happening with Will Smith. By the way, look how young he looks in that picture. Uh, uh, that I Am Legend 2 is happening with Will Smith returning to star. Deadline shared the news that Smith is back to produce and star in the long-awaited sequel, which will also see Black Panther and Creed's Michael B. Jordan star and produce. It is the first time Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan will work together on a movie. Akiva Goldsman is working on the script for I Am Legend 2, but plot details have not been revealed. There is currently no known deal for a director or a release date set. So ultimately, this is kind of coming from deadline. So it's happening. Yeah. They're doing it. Now, like I'll say this, Akiva Goldsman has made some crap. All right. I'll, I'll just say it. He's got, he's got a good amount of content in the old crap bag. But he has also made some brilliant stuff 
his his show Fringe, I thought was absolutely oh, fantastic. I love what he did with that. Uh, the Da Vinci Code. I'm not the biggest fan of the Da Vinci Code, but I know a lot of people absolutely love that. He did that first I Am Legend. I love what he did with Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man to me is like top six or seven most, I think, underrated films ever. Oh, yeah. Like the one he did with Russell Crowe. That thing was so damn good. And he won an Academy Award for A Beautiful Mind. So, yes, while he's got a decent amount of films in the in the crap pile, the dude can squirt out gold, too, when he really wants to. Mm. So him coming back to do this, okay. Looks good. Sounds all right. I still don't know why, but okay, hey, look, you're going to say Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan are going to be working together. Fine, you got me. I'll sign up. Anyway, Chris... You hear about this. Were you as surprised as me to hear that they're doing it? Can you see there being a solid reason? Do you think people will be excited about it? Are you excited about it? What do you I'm, think? I'm very surprised and confused <laughs> because I, can I can I spoil a movie this old? Sure. All right. So if he's dead. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ray. Ray, I'm so sorry. Ray is now a gog and a gas. I mean, I know there was an alternate ending that they filmed, so that yes, didn't did. happen. It's yes. on the Blu-ray. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Where he doesn't die. Yep. As a matter of so, fact, he makes it out of the city and, and yeah. finds other survivors. So do we retcon and go with that because it's an off-screen death? Are we like, hey, just kidding, he's fine. He was just, you know, taken prisoner or he didn't die and he's been fine this whole time or, oh, he's a clone now. Like, uh, I just don't know. I know we never need a movie, but I don't know why we need this movie in particular right now. Um, eh, I'll watch anything, though. <laughs> I'll watch anything. I'll give it a go, but I'm not particularly excited about it. I'll tell you what does excite me. I The idea, it's a generational thing, but to see, look, I'm a big Will Smith fan. I really, I, I don't make any apologies I for it. I am too. He's and great. I'm a big Michael B. Jordan oh, yeah. fan. Me too. Great. And big old I, anime nerd. We love that. I, I kind of love, I kind of love the idea of seeing the two of them together on the big screen. Would I have picked this one mm -hmm. to be that movie? Probably not, but I'd be lying if I didn't say at least had my interest. Anyway, Rob, I am Legend 2. Great idea, bad idea, somewhere in the middle, well, what do you think? I have to say, when I was 10 years old, I read the novel I Am Legend that the movie's based on by Richard Matheson. It was the first, I would call it the first pure horror novel that I've ever read. It's been made into a movie three times. One, The Last Omega Man on Man. Earth with Vincent Price. Right. The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. And this one. By the way, did you see the... Um, the asylum version of this it was no. called i am omega oh, oh. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not kidding it's literally called that's, i am that's omega. a merging of those together um, yes the thing is this book the book like the version the will smith version like all these versions has a very definitive ending and so the story is going to be from whole cloth i actually think the i am legend movie is actually pretty damn good i have a problem with how they depicted the quote-unquote vampires um but other than that it's it's the the sense of isolation will smith basically you're watching will smith every moment almost of every minute of this movie and he was incredibly compelling and the whole his life in new york and everything he did beautifully done so the idea of seeing more of this world appeals to me but i just don't know what you're what your story is to me it's like if you're gonna get michael b jordan and will smith working together give them something original to do Give him, give him a, a, a unless Akiva Goldsman has a great idea for a sequel, but I just don't know if this storyline can support or the premise could support another movie. And and we'll, don't we want something new? 
I don't know. I mean, Snoke looks pretty cool in this frame. <laughs> Snoke looks pretty good. Okay, yeah, I got it. Anyway, guys, question is for you. By the way, somebody wrote in, a better one would be, I am seven pounds. That would be, that would be a good one, too. I like that in the live chat. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Are you surprised to hear this? Not surprised? Are you excited? Hey, listen, maybe you love the first one. There could be some interesting potential here. How are you guys feeling about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? Second one comes from Ginger Snap. Hello, John and crew. Love your show, and I watch every morning with my wife. Oh, thank you, man. Now that the Batman has been released, I saw in the trailer for Super Pets that Keanu Reeves will be voicing the Dark Knight. That's four different Batman in one year. <laughs> I know it's a kid's movie and is a spoof of Batman, but still, kind of cool that Keanu Reeves was cool enough to voice Batman. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen, one of the cool things about you know being at watching the batman a couple times was uh seeing some of the great trailers on the big screen by the way watching the bullet train trailer on the big screen was a different experience i mean i love the trailer already but watching it on the big screen was really pretty fantastic i love that but one of the trailers that played was the new super pets trailer now i've gone on record to say i thought the first trailer was garbage I, I have no interest in, yeah. and you know me i like a good animated movie i know I, I got a soft i love animated movies i really do but i thought the first trailer was utter garbage um and then they played this new trailer which by the way i also think is utter garbage <laughs> but there is kind of there's a cute moment in it where you have batman and i forget the name of his dog but where i guess it's they're meeting for the first time and there's talking about similar origin stories that was cute that was that was a cute moment I, I did like that and i will confess i did not recognize the voice of keanu reeves as batman and i guess i wasn't paying attention to the credits that then popped up that showed keanu reeves in there so it wasn't until last night that i was really it's like oh my gosh keanu reeves is batman i'm like oh, i didn't even realize that then when i watched the trailer again i'm like well yeah of course that's keanu reeves voice how did i freaking miss that all right, so we got Keanu Reeves is now going to be the fourth Batman that we see on screen in 2022. We obviously have Michael Keaton is returning as Batman. Ben Affleck is returning as Batman. Ben Pattinson is... Uh, ben Pattinson. Ben, ben. Rob, ben Pattinson. Uh, Robert Pattinson is obviously uh, the Batman. And now we got Keanu Reeves Batman. Eh, now, look, like you said in, in your message, this one doesn't really count. It's an animated thing, and it's a spoof, and it's really more targeted at kids. Granted, but still, got four Batman running out. Um, somebody asked me on Twitter this morning, how excited, because everybody knows I'm, I really love Keanu Reeves. Good Canadian kid, by the way. But <laughs> how excited am I about Keanu Reeves voicing Batman? I don't care. It's a voice in an animated movie. It's not really Keanu Reeves. I mean, listen, I love Keanu Reeves as the voice of the stunt dude in uh, Toy Story 3, I think it was, right? Yep. And as, again, playing the Canadian stuntman in Toy Story 3. But would it have been any less good if it was somebody other than Keanu Reeves? I, I Look, you understand I have a little bit of a bias here. I personally like the idea of animated films, the roles in those being given 
to full-time professionally trained, and I've said this without Chris Carr in the room, has nothing to do with Chris <laughs> Carr being in the room, but I vastly prefer the idea of getting people who have dedicated, truly 100% dedicate and specialize in the art of animation voiceover work because they're better at it because that's all they do. Just like a boxer is better at boxing than an MMA guy is because that's all a boxer does is just box. Voice actors who specialize in this are better at it. Now, every once in a while, I get it. There's an exception because there's a certain celebrity personality that they want to bring to that. Mike Myers as Shrek, for example, or stuff like that. And there have been great examples for sure. But, like, I didn't know that was Keanu Reeves' voice watching it. And it didn't make it any better to me knowing he's Keanu Reeves. All this tells me is that Keanu Reeves got a phone call saying, hey, come down to this audio soundstage for two days. Record a few pages of dialogue and take a check for $2 million. It's it's not Keanu Reeves. It's not. Would I have been interested if Keanu Reeves is going to be a fourth live-action Batman? That would have maybe got my attention a little bit. Whoa, Joker. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I'd be more interested in that. So, I'm not going to lie to you. No, I'm not excited about this. I don't think it's particularly interesting. It's just, it kind of is what it is. I mean, good for Keanu to collect yeah. another one or $2 million paycheck for probably a couple days' work. But no, nah, not particularly uh, excited about this. Rob, Keanu Reeves is our fourth Batman. <laughs> what are you thinking about this right now? It's fine. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like you, I, I feel kind of the same way. I mean, I, I, I think that great voice acting is a, is, a, is a particular talent that not everybody can do. Now, I understand why they cast name actors like anything else. Yes. They sell the pro project and they sell it to the public based on the i mean you got Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart in this movie i get it i understand and then i'm sure Keanu Reeves was probably doing ADR for Matrix Resurrections and somebody said hey man you want to you want to you want to be batman in the new uh super pets movie <laughs> i'm sure it was something like that and he was like you know like you said whoa okay uh, <laughs> but it was probably that that easy to do and i'm sure it, it it's fine and i have to say to be fair i did like his portrayal of Batman in that in yeah. the in all that we saw and I'm it's sure it's a cute clip. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine, but you know, to me uh, again, when it comes to voice acting for for uh animated movies, for me the best voice actors should get the job, whoever they might be, whether it's a name actor or not. Uh I I I've always wanted to audition voice actors one day. I've never done it, and I think it'd be so much fun. I mean, not having them come in just listen to the tapes or the the files they send you. Because that would be a lot of fun. But. Chris, mm -hmm. what do you, you are a professional voice actor. I am. But you heard Keanu's voice. First of all, I, I didn't ask. Did you recognize it was Keanu's voice right away? What do you think about this? Well, first of all, I love that our viewer here, Ginger Snaps, writes in. Kind of cool that Keanu Reeves was cool enough to voice Batman. Uh, Batman is cool enough to be voiced by Keanu Reeves. Let's okay, not get yes, that twisted. Let's be clear. All right. Keanu's great. <laughs> um, I'm with you, though. I mean, I honestly think that the best person for the job should get it. I'm biased. So there is that. Um, what I do love about this cast is we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has gone on record saying voice acting is the hardest type of acting he's ever had to do. It should go without saying, but you don't have your whole instrument to use. All the normal things that a camera picks up, because a camera is usually smarter than most actors. I don't mean that to be like rude. It's just they pick up all those micro aggressions and micro facial expressions. 
you don't have any of that. So if you're smiling or trying to do things like I can't see that, I can't use those normal like neurotypical social cues to know how you feel about something. You have to really, really pump up your performance. This is why Disney back in its heyday, right, when we had all those glorious things in the 90s did so, so well, because we brought Broadway actors in who could sing and they could play to that back mezzanine and could really, really bring a performance and make you feel so immersed in the, th in the whole performance they're doing. That's not to say that some of these people won't be able to do that, but, you know, we'll see. As far as the movie itself goes, I understand that not everything is for me. Um, this is definitely marketed towards kids. It looks like it's going to be cute, and I think kids will have a fun time with it. I don't know if I'll particularly enjoy it, but I'll definitely go see it and see how it shakes out in the end. And listen, there, there, there are lots of movies. We talk about this all the time when there are bad trailers. There are lots of movies that I thought the trailers were bad, but I end up really liking the movie. And this might be one of them. I did want to ask Ray. No, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the trailer. Are you looking forward to this? And you're a dog guy. Yeah. You love dogs. I'm going to watch this for sure. You it are. Okay, so this guy, you're interested. Yeah, like even, even after you guys or after you or people said the first trailer wasn't good, I actually thought it was cute. I like all the corny jokes. They make me smile. I mean, it's it's for me. Maybe not for you, but it's for me. <laughs> I just really like the tie-in how this works inside Matt Reeves, the Batman's universe. <laughs> I think that's really clever. How that's gonna be that. yeah. That's gonna be the, the the fact that they put it up right in front of it too was actually a clever marketing move on their part. To <laughs> be honest, I mean, I had a question. Yes. Okay. Sometimes when these things are written, like let's say, do you think the people actually have these actors' voices in mind when they? Not I'm doing sure it. sometimes they do. So, but I doubt. I doubt Keanu. I doubt they were like, man. You know what? We got to do Batman. It's got to be Keanu. It's got to be Keanu. Yeah, I, 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 I doubt that happened. Sometimes I think was, people do it, and sometimes they don't. The same thing with live action, though, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you write something for someone, and sometimes you just find the best actor for it. But you know, I brought up the Shrek example. Mm -hmm. Mike Myers wasn't supposed to be the voice of Shrek. It was supposed to be Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Which, oh. which today is like, how could it not be Mike Myers? Yeah. Like, they right. think of that at the time. But well, and the Scottish thing, too, was just like, let's try it out because oh, of yeah. how much he loves doing a Scottish dialect. Oh, like, and his Scottish stuff. So good. So I Married an Axe Murder is like some of the best stuff ever put to film, like ever. But he's, you know, I would say that comedians doing voice acting is more of a natural fit. Like I would go to a, a depending on the style of, of the yes, animation. Yes, depending yeah. because I mean they're used to doing things with their voices more so than say a, a, a typical dramatic. I don't know if I, I should say that, but but I, it, it does strike no, me. I know what you mean. You know, because they, they you do you're doing a wide variety of characters when you're at yeah. Second City. Or like you're Meryl Streep's not who I'm going to go to to do a DreamWorks thing. You know what I mean? That's not going to be my go-to. It's like. Oh, this really subtle, nuanced. Let's get Daniel Day Lewis in here. Like, I'm not going to go for right. that. I <laughs> right. want someone who can play big. Like in Japan, like all the voice actors are actually actual stars there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all right, guys. Question is for you. Keanu Reeves is our fourth Batman of 2022. What did you think about the new trailer? Are you excited for Super Pets? I know some people that really are. I'm not excited for it myself, but I am definitely going to give it a shot. How are you guys feeling about it? Jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from Amber H. Hi, John and crew from the UK. So just read an article on Digital Spy stating that Matt Reeves has interest in doing Mr. Freeze in his Batman films. I absolutely love this idea. Victor Freeze is one of my favorite rogues. 
After the movie that shall not be named butchered him, I fully trust Reeves <laughs> to make this villain glorious. Thoughts? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of Batman theme today, uh, but this is one of them, and it's an interesting question. You know, what Matt Reeves was able to do with the Batman, and of course we did a four and a half hour open spoiler discussion yesterday, and we've got a, we've got a part two of that coming soon. But what he was able to do in that movie was absolutely remarkable. And while a lot of different comic book movies claim to be more grounded, ain't none of them did it, have been able to do it to the level that Matt Reeves did. But it's because of that grounded nature of the Batman that I think a lot of Batman's rogue gallery are disqualified from ever being in this franchise, right? Like Killer Croc. I, you, you can't you can't have this kind of a Batman movie and then have Killer Croc, you know, pop up and be part of it, right? Like, I think it just disqualifies a number of them. And you know, somebody brought up maybe a month ago. So, Siri, be my watch. Uh, about a month ago, somebody brought up the idea of of Doctor Freeze, or Mister Freeze, I should say. And I kind of instantly dismissed the idea, and said, "Nah, no, not not in this," because all I have when I think about that are images of a shaven head Arnold Schwarzenegger going, let's put it on ice, you know, and, and like, I, I just have these nightmares of it in the course of, it's a fantastical, but, you know, the more I think about it, after watching the Batman, the more I think about it, all you'd have to do really to do a, a, a Mr. Freeze is stretch the plausibility of science a little, not a ton, just a little, <laughs> You know, and and ground a little bit more. Like, for instance, this Riddler, we didn't see him walking around in a, in a one-piece green leotard with question marks, you know, doing things. They grounded it a lot. You could take the concept of, of Mr. Freeze, ground it a little bit more. Because I'll tell you what, the drama and the story of Mr. Freeze fits in perfectly with the type of movie Matt Reeves has done. You talk about a guy who's motivated by his love for his wife and his facing unspeakable tragedy that as a scientist himself, he could not save his wife. He couldn't do it. And his last remaining hope was to freeze her, essentially, until he could try to figure out a way to save his wife. And what, you know, we talked the other day about the great villains in movies are ones that are villains, but we can empathize with them to a degree. Who does not empathize with with Freeze, when you really understand his story, that he is motivated irrationally with being driven by nothing but wanting to save his wife. A person like that could do horrific things. And in that sense, it really works. So while I initially dismissed the idea of a Mr. Freeze, after watching the Batman, I'm like, you know what? I feel differently. And apparently, you know, so does Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves was talking about this. This comes to us from the folks at Game Rant who write the following. This came during one of the press events for the Batman where Reeves, answering questions, uh, by explaining his fascination with finding the grounded version of everything, saying that for him, there is a grounded version of Mr. Freeze. While the director seems proud of how the comic book faithful, uh, how the comic book faithful the Batman has turned out, he does seem puzzled by how to unwind the fantastical and see, well... How could that make sense here? 
in Mr. Freeze's case, uh, were the icy villain ever to be used in a film more like his or her, more like his or Christopher Nolan's? I think there's actually a grounded version of that story, which could be really powerful and could be really great, Reeves said. And again, that comes just from the folks over at Great Game Rant. So he's saying, look, I think within these characters, there's a way to find the core human story, ground it down to that, and tell it from there. And while there are still many members of the Batman's rogue gallery that I think are completely disqualified from Matt Reeves' universe, I've come around to thinking that Mr. Freeze is actually one that could probably kind of work. Rob, you're hearing these comments from Matt Reeves. You've seen the Batman twice. We're not spoiling anything, but do you think there's a way to, like Riddler, tell a story that's kind of faithful to who that character is, but ground it in such a way that it works in this Matt Reeves universe? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, anyone who knows the Batman, the animated series, one of the great episodes of that show was was Mr. Freeze is that I forget the name of the episode, but it's heartbreaking. And and, uh, it's, and that's what gave him his new origin story. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So, you know, we've seen, look, the Dark Knight, which we're going to talk about on Movie Club tomorrow, shows us a much more grounded version of Joker. You know, a, an agent of chaos, a man who disrupts the Gotham underworld, wages war on Batman, but somebody that's absolutely believable. The first thing he does is rob a bank, you know, in the beginning of the of that movie. I think Mr. Freeze, depending on what, like we, we still think of him, like you pointed out, as Arnold, but in that freeze contraption. Well, yeah. what if what if somebody what if he's doing something like, I don't know, he's a serial killer that's freezing body parts for to reanimate his wife's corpse or some crazy something like that where and he gets the, the press dub him Mr. Freeze, you know, and, or does it does it have to be the character that's in that suit or something? Perhaps, you know, it really depends. You can present you could even do a killer croc, John. I think you could if you figured out the way to do it to ground it in reality. So I think, sure, absolutely, you could do a Mr. Freeze. Chris, you, know, you were talking about the story of it. Is yeah. there a way, I mean, look, again, you stretch it a little bit. Is it really outside of the realm of reality that a guy in trying to save his wife experimented on himself mm -hmm. and now like has a condition that he has to actually be in a, a controlled temperature that's colder? That's not completely crazy if way no. Matt Reese can do it. I don't know. Is a Mr. Freeze something that could work in this Matt Reese Batman universe? Absolutely. These things aren't far off from the realm of possibility, right? We already are doing things with cryogenics. So we just, in this particular universe, in Gotham, in this world, that's science that's already happening. It's on the cutting edge of science, right? And I think this is such a great character to bring in here because like Riddler, right? This is a character who has such a strong ideology yeah. that you can follow, that yeah. makes sense, that you can empathize with, like you were stating. But even more so because it's so directly tied to the idea of losing his loved one and wanting to preserve that, right? And as Bruce is struggling with this still and has just completely broken from losing his loved ones, how does he combat somebody who's dealing with that and trying to prevent that kind of loss? The whole story with Nora is beautiful. And what they do in that Paul Dini episode in Sub-Zero, the animated film, in your favorite thing in the entire world, Batman Beyond. <laughs> Freeze is such an interesting character with so many layers who at the end of the day really wants to be a good man and a good husband. He's just really, really lost and fighting for this thing he loves so much that he doesn't really understand how to exist in a world without her. I think it'd be beautiful to see on screen done well. Well, this you convinced me. 
<laughs> I'm convinced. And think about, like, this is sound really weird, but from a, an almost philosophical point of view, one of the best iterations of Mr. Freeze, I know this is going to sound weird, but is in Harley Quinn. When you take away the jokes, which are, by the way, Mr. Freeze in Harley Quinn is absolutely hilarious. The episode where Harley and the team have to go uh, and because different crime lords have taken over sections of Gotham and they got to go take over the one. It's Beyonce. They got to know it's Lady Gaga. That was right. Oh, I love that part from Clayface. Anyway, but they get into the stuff with him and his wife. It's hilarious, but on a philosophical level, it's very, very much quintessential Mr. Freeze. And I love that part of it. At any rate, guys, question is for you. What do you think? Is a character like Mr. Freeze, who's a little bit more on the fantastical side, but is that a character that if you found a way to do it, you could ground him enough that he would feel not out of place in like a Matt Reeves Batman universe. What do you guys think? Yes or no? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on with main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This comes from Von M. Good morning, movie crew. So over the last three months, I've been to the movie theaters 12 times. Mm. Six of those times were to watch Spider-Man No Way Home, and now three of those times have been to watch The Batman. You're awesome, Vaughn. I love this. We've really had it good with comic book movies recently. So my question is, now that you've seen both, which one is the better recent comic book movie between the two? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that Ooh. in, Vaughn. And listen, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. How great is it? How great is it that in such a short window of time, well, like right now in theaters, as we speak, you can go to the movie theaters and you can watch the Batman. You can come out of it and go right back in and go and watch Spider-Man No Way Home because it's still playing in, in a bunch of theaters. How great is it that we are actually in a position that we have two films like this that are so good and so entertaining and so delightful that we get to even have this conversation. Is the Batman delightful? I contend that it is delightful. Okay. When you I come feel out weird of that movie, pe telling people it's fun. I feel weird saying I it. I'm like, fun, but I come out of that <laughs> but movie it's... smiling like with a huge grin on my face. <laughs> it's delightful. It is delight. Not delight. No, you may be delightful is a word you use for turning red. It's, man, yeah. it's good. You have a great time though. Yes. You're like, oh, that's oh. a comic book movie. So good. And uh, again, you came out of Spider-Man No Way Home with a great smile and, and like what a great experience and a great movie and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that we even get to have the conversation. I, I mean, the fact that we're in a context right now that we are getting that. And at the same time, a show like peacemakers on TV at the same time, is like, it's going out of my mind with so much good stuff, but it's a fair question to ask. We have two really incredibly fun movies of the genre. Very different movies. Mm. I mean, I, I you're hard-pressed to come up with a couple of movies that are more different. I mean, I guess maybe more different would be the Batman from Deadpool. I mean, maybe that would be a more extreme example of being very different films. But let's make no mistake about it. Spider-Man No Way Home and The Batman are two very different films that are almost, other than them being comic book films, are almost completely different genres, uh, appealing to a different kind of audience, even though we're all comic book movie fans and whatever. But still... It should be said right up front. These are ridiculously different movies from each other. And the only context to really talk about them in comparison as to which one do you like better is because, well, they're both in theaters right now and they're both fantastic. So 
I will not skirt the question. I I will not dodge the question. I will answer it. Ooh. As to which one I prefer. Which one do I feel is the better one? Like if if you know a Dr. Hugo Strange came to me and said, I just slipped you a pill. In two minutes, your memories are going to be altered. One of these two movies will be wiped from your memory and you'll never be able to see it again and one can stay. Spider-Man, No Way Home, or The Batman? You got to answer now. Okay. The Batman is such a triumph. We've talked a lot about it a lot the last few days since we've seen it. It's such a triumph for the genre in the sense of it really did genre bend. It, it's seven. I mean, it's seven in a comic book movie world. I, it, it, we've never seen a comic book movie do what this thing has done. On the other hand, Spider-Man No Way Home, besides its tremendous success, becoming one of the biggest films of all time, in an era where, according to Variety, still over 25% of semi-regular movie-going audiences who used to go to movies before the pandemic started have still not returned to the movie theaters yet. And yet, it was able to become one of the biggest films of all time. Certainly an outlier, certainly an exception to the rule, but oh my God. And create such a fun, buzzing experience that our viewer has gone back to the theater six times to watch it because that's the kind of thing it does. And it, man it manages to be emotional in parts. There are people who are teary-eyed watching that movie, cheering their hand heads off in that movie. I mean, it's just what an accomplishment that movie is. Which one... To me, is the better one considering they're both in theaters. If I could only go back to watch one one more time, it would be the Batman. It would be the Batman. I, and, and listen, I adore Spider-Man No Way Home. I've seen it many times. I will see it many more. I, I think Tom Holland's fantastic in it. What Alfred Molina was able to do, what Willem Dafoe was able to do in it, having the Spider-Men back, those scenes of them all together wasn't just cheap fan service. It was in service to the narrative and the story. They pulled off what John Watts did with that movie has been incredible, and I love it. But <laughs> the Batman, to me, is a movie that transcended the comic book genre. It is legitimately, a, like, if you take Batman out and say, this is a movie about a detective named N Detective Grind. I don't know. I'm just pulling, making up a name. The movie is called Detective Grind. And other than the fact that having a secret lair underneath the city bowels, this is a serial killer political thriller noir. That's what this movie is at its heart. And... It was, it's like Logan. I compare it to Logan in that way, Rob. Like Logan, it's a movie that completely, yes, it's a comic book movie, but it's not even primarily a comic book movie. It's something else that happens to have comic book characters in it. And that's a very difficult trick to pull off. And to me, Matt Reeves pulled it off with the Batman. So while I am super happy that we are living in a time right now where we've got both of these incredible movies in theaters right now, and I love them both. For me, I'm going to lean ever so slightly towards the Batman. I, I just thought, for me, it was a more profound experience. Movies are experiential events. Both these movies deliver great experiences, but I'm going to think for me, now that I've seen it twice, the Batman is the more profound experience for me. Rob, it is almost an unfair question to ask, because again, these two movies are completely different. They're made with different tones in mind and all that kind of stuff. 
but they're two dynamic films in theaters right now, so I can understand the question. So I put it to you. Spider-Man No Way Home, The Batman. There's no wrong answer here, but which one to you is the is your better experience? Well, I'm completely in line with everything that you said. Uh, I mean, ultimately, for me, uh, what resonates more in the long term with people? And I think the questions, and the, the at least for me, the idea of what Bruce Wayne goes through in the in in the film, the question he asks, can I make a difference? You know, am I, should I even do this? I've been doing this for two years and crime is up, everything is up and I haven't done anything. And then the question that is answered at the end for him uh, is yes, I can. And this is what I've learned in this process and, and this is what I'm gonna continue to do. And I think that there's a lesson there that resonates beyond, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home, it was a lot of fun. But to me, it's far more disposable fun. Whereas I think the Batman has a lot to say about the current state of affairs in our urban environments. And it it makes, it asks questions of the viewers that resonate long after the movie's over. Um, and this is only since, would I want to give up Spider-Man No Way Home? No. But I do think that as a movie, as an experiential event, as you put it, and as something that will resonate across decades, the Batman is probably worth keeping. All right. Now, I I want to go over and ask Ray about this. Because Ray has seen both of these. But before I do, uh, I am putting up. This is one that deserves to be a poll in the live chat there. So I have just posted a question in the poll for those of you guys watching live. Simple question. Which of the two movies, uh, which of the two great movies, Spider-Man No Way Home or The Batman, did you prefer? So we got that poll up there. Now I'll leave that to you. But Ray, going to go over to you. These are two movies that uh, I've seen with you recently. These are great movies. Which one do you kind of lean towards? Well, I'm going to put it in terms of, since I don't really do second viewings, I did with The Batman. I did it with No Way Home. As if both Blu-rays were to come out. Like okay. I believe the Batman the rights on pre-order and things like that. Um, which one would I buy? <sighs> the Batman is a better movie. I think the acting by everybody was way better than the acting in uh, No Way Home. But I like No Way Home. I don't. I don't. I would buy No Way Home on Blu-ray. I think I would forward through more scenes in the Batman mm. than I would in No Way Home. That's all I'm saying. It's my personal taste. Don't flame me. It's just the way it is. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm, our I'm, I'm already saying Batman is the better movie in, in every aspect of acting, whatever. But I just like No Way Home more. It gives... It, I, I, I would put that, you had yeah. a better experience That's with No fair. Way Home. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think people can flame you for a hypothetical anyway. <laughs> Chris, let's go over to you on this. You've seen both. Mm -hmm. I know you've enjoyed both. Mm -hmm. It's a tough question. It's it, We acknowledge it's an unfair question. Yeah. But if you had to pick one, which one's your choice? I mean, it's apples and oranges, but yeah. I'm with Ray. I'm going to go No Way Home. Spider-Man, Peter Parker was the first love of my life. <laughs> That animated series when I was a little baby was like, oh, I love him. Um, I would go with that. And yes, I, I know that that also you need the other two movies. Sure. Like we're, we're going to just call a spade a spade. You need the other two movies to have the emotional impact that that third one delivers. Sure. Yeah. But I, I cried in that one. I cheered in that one. My theater experience for that one, too, was so beautiful of people just like losing their minds when certain things happened there. 
and it reminded me about why I love seeing movies in a theater. Because for the past two years, I'd just been like, man, do I really need to go back to the movies? This is pretty cushy at home. No one judges me if I bring out my Trader Joe's chili mangoes. But <laughs> seeing Spider-Man in theaters and having everyone have this reaction too and sharing my experience and sharing this fandom with me, that is one of the reasons why I'm in love with movies. And that's why I'm particularly in love with Spider-Man. All right. Well, I put up a poll in the, ch in the uh, chat and we've got a little over a thousand votes already. And right now, 66% or now 65% of you guys in the live chat are saying you preferred the Batman, while 35% of you are saying Spider-Man No Way Home. I honestly thought it'd be a little bit closer. I did too. I mean, it's not a massive gap, but I expected that to be closer. But right now, 65% are saying the Batman, 35% are saying Spider-Man No Way Home. And what's interesting about both these movies is, is that each of them brings things to the table that the other did not. You know, Rob, you were saying a little bit earlier that, you know, one of the words you can't really use to describe the Batman is fun. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you cannot do that. But you, but Spider-Man brought like loads of fun. There's loads of fun to the table, right? There's a lot of things that the Batman brought to the table that you aren't going to find in Spider-Man either. And I love just that they both kind of work on that level. I, I just want to say, I didn't see their name, but someone brought up a good, uh, um, he said, you're making me choose between the lightsaber and the Mandalorian armor. <laughs> so, and you know, I mean, that's great. I mean, but that is, but that, that's a joyous thing that we even get to have this discussion right now that we have. I mean, it's a lot better than oh, that piece of shit Spider-Man movie, that awful, disappointing Batman movie. Which one was more <laughs> yeah. disappointing? What upsets you more, bat nipples or Tobey <laughs> Maguire's dancing? <laughs> yes. It's so good that we get to have this discussion instead of that one. And we're only in the first quarter of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've still got more to come. Dude, we've got, like, we, we've been celebrating things like Peacemaker and things like Spider-Man No Way Home. And now we're celebrating the Batman. And we've got Halo coming. So, we got Moon Knight coming. We got we've Bullet got Train. Morbius <laughs> coming, which I'm super, Bullet Train. We've got, I mean. The real Moonfall. Northman. The Top North, Gun. Top Maverick. Gun. I mean, we got so much good stuff lined up. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about the comparison here? If you had to say, like, these are both great movies, but I lean this way or I lean that way. Do you lean towards Spider? Do you lean towards the Bat? Which one did you prefer? Whatever you guys' thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five, shall we? Chris. What is our fifth main topic today? This is from Kevin Morales. Hello, John, Rob, and crew. I just finished watching your Batman spoiler talk. Well done. I loved the movie and was personally not surprised that according to Rotten Tomatoes, the Batman is due to make an estimated 120 million. As I understand it, they predicted it to maybe come in a little higher. This almost certainly confirms a sequel if one already wasn't in the works. Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, it did better than that. The initial, the Sunday estimates came out. And by the way, I, I, a lot of people still confuse this because we were in the middle of doing the uh, the Batman open spoiler discussion yesterday. And the uh, Sunday, the box office report came out. And some people were saying, because I think it said $128 million at the time. And people said, that doesn't even include Sunday. And I was like, yes, it does include Sunday. To which people always say, how can it possibly include Sunday? It's still Sunday. So the way the box office report happens is that on Sunday, they put out the weekend report taking the Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday actual numbers 
And then from those numbers, they're able to, usually with insane accuracy, um, kind of forecast what Sunday's numbers will be, and then they make the weekend box office report. And then on Monday, what's called the actuals come out, where it adjusts. Now, 90% of the time, the estimate that comes out on the box office on Sundays is 90% of the time, it's actually right on the money. And then it's always usually within five, six, seven percent. So the actual numbers have come out now, and the actual numbers for the Batman is $134 million it made opening weekend. <laughs> so way over the 80 that Forbes was forecasting, 16 under my overly optimistic projection of and hope of 150. Rob, I can't remember where you came I in. I think I said it was 150 or less, like with you. Yeah, I actually think you got closer than that. I I, th I said once, I think you got closer to Maybe. it than I did. I mean, you know, the movie is three hours long. Yeah, well, it, we're going to talk about that. I, yeah. want to, I want to talk about that for a second. Because this number to me of 134 is absolutely remarkable. It's it's And because I want us to go back and take a look at something that we we forget but we need to go over for a second into the campia classroom even if just for a minute even if just for a moment and because with going into the movie we talked about this a couple of times up to a month before batman came out which was you know the conversation was can the batman be as big as spider-man to which we all said it absolutely cannot they cannot be as big as spider-man was there are just too many things working against it. There were too many things working for Spider-Man its, to its advantage, and there are just far too many things working against Batman. And one of the first things that we said going into you know, why the Batman uh, can't be is uh, Batman uh, doesn't have the best rep right now. Like, the, the, the reality is this. As much as I love Batman versus Superman and I like... Batman and Justice League, and I like all the DCU films other than Birds of Prey personally. The reality is these movies have all been incredibly divisive. And it's left the idea where even the DCU brand is, is a little cloudy right now. And the, the, the audience has been very divided on what they even think about Batman or, or anything like that right now. So that was working against it. Uh, secondly, uh, this is a dark movie. And, you know, Rob, you pointed out many times leading up to the Batman, it's like, look, this is not the same thing as like Spider-Man where people are going to be bringing the kids and bringing their families. They're going to look at this and say, eh, this might be one. Like I have several friends who said, we might bring Junior along to see it, but we're going to go see it ourselves first. And I have a feeling, I haven't talked to them since, but I have a feeling after seeing it first, they're probably not going to bring Junior yeah, to no. see it. So it's a much darker kind of movie and that was going to work against it. On top of that, uh, there's some Batman confusion right now. Uh, with We just talked about how with Keanu Reeves, granted Keanu Reeves is a, is a separate kind of issue, but there are going to be four Batman this year. On top of all that, um, there is still some confusion about the DC and DCEU difference. Like, wait a minute, but but Ben Affleck is Batman. And what's, fifth, the, this is yet another incarnation uh of batman right we've been talking about this a whole bunch about like thing after thing after thing about all these things that are stacking up 
against Batman that is going to make it far more challenging for it to make, you know, uh, big, big, big box office money. And there was a lot of things stacked against and a lot of things worked against. And we talked about this ad nauseum leading into the film. When you take all that into consideration and you look at this movie making $134 million, which is Take Out Spider-Man No Way Home is the biggest opening weekend box office since 2019. It outdrew Black Widow and it outdrew um, Venom, which did very, very well. It outdrew The Fast and the Furious. It outdrew everything since 2019. I'll point this out too. You know, this is kind of an R-rated film. Even though it got the PG-13, it really is kind of an R-rated film. This movie made more money opening weekend than Deadpool did in its opening weekend. Not by much. Not by not by not by a ton. But one other thing to point out here that too is this: is that Batman made $134 million when roughly 25% of the movie-going audience has not yet come back to theaters. We talked a little while ago about that big report and study that Variety put out that said 50% of moviegoers who were going to movies on a regular or semi-regular basis before the pandemic had not yet started coming back to the movies yet. Now, that number dropped once Spider-Man came out. And now they're saying it's really closer to about 25%. But think about this. The Batman, with all these things working against it, still ended up being the second biggest opening weekend since 2019, despite the fact that right now about 25% of moviegoers still haven't even started coming back to the movies yet. Does it come close to the Spider-Man thing? No. But like you were pointing out, Chris, the Spider-Man not only didn't face these huge drawbacks that the Batman was facing, mm -hmm. it had some huge advantages. It had the big nostalgia factor. It was the third film of a beloved franchise going in. It was coming off of strength from strength to strength to strength. Not like this Batman coming off of some divided results, divided results, divided results. There had a, and then you had the return of Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire, which everybody knew for a year was going to be yeah. happening. The worst so, kept secret. Yeah, and again, that's that doesn't diminish the remarkable results of Spider-Man No Way Home, far exceeding any expectation, including my own. It doesn't diminish that at all. But I'm just saying, when you look at these situations and you look at these this context, the only way you can look at the results of Batman making $134 million opening weekend and claim it to be anything other than a major triumph then you're coming at it with a predetermined agenda. Anybody who tells you that this is not a remarkable result is coming at it with a predetermined agenda. That's just the way it is. Now, not only that, but this movie is now made worldwide in its opening volley, almost $250 million worldwide. It's already exceeded its production budget, an expensive production budget of, I believe, around $200 million. So this movie still has to make a lot of money to be profitable. But this thing already exceeded its hefty production budget on its first week. And it's going to open in China. And at some point, it's going to get a China opening, which is going to... Now, Batman has never been massive in China, but no. still, it's it's going to be... It's going to buoy it a little bit. Um, so again, I think no matter which way you cut it, this is a absolutely fantastic result for this movie rob you're seeing this result they're now saying that the the weekend number was 134 million dollars 
other than Spider-Man, the biggest we've had since 2019. How should Warner Brothers look at the results here? I think it's an epic win. You know, I mean, it's it's for this film, for being three hours long, for being very adult in nature, I think it's a huge win. And it shows the resilience of the character. You know, and, and I think that this is the kind of movie people are buzzing about, people are talking about. It did its job. Toby Emmerich coming out going, look, we're going to now... We're going to now give filmmakers, auteurs, writer, directors. Uh, Todd Phillips did the same thing with Joker, and that became a billion-dollar grossing film. Uh, this is the kind of return that, that we want, you know. And it's not reliant on, as he said, this wasn't reliant on a cinematic universe to get people to come see it. It was based on the character and how the character was treated by the filmmakers, and I think that 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 goes a long way. By the way, let's jump over here. I just want to read this off. This comes from the folks of Variety who wrote the following. Holy ticket sales, Batman. Robert Pattinson's <laughs> pitch black superhero adventure, The Batman, collected a mighty 28.128.5 million. Now, this is before the actuals came out, which we now know is actually 134 million. From 4,417 North American theaters in its box office debut, marking the best opening weekend of 2022 by a landslide. More impressively, it's only the second pandemic era movie to cross the $100 million mark in a single weekend, a feat first achieved by Spider Man No Way Home and its huge $260 million launch in December. Thanks to positive reviews, strong reception from ticket buyers, and high levels of intrigue to see Pattinson's moody take on the Cape Crusader, the Batman is shaping up to be a commercial winner for Warner Brothers. Other thing to keep in mind, there are a couple of other factors here that are both good and bad for the Batman. Against Batman, it's Warner Brothers pulled the release from Russia. We're not going to get into the geopolitical nature of the world right now, but there, there's that. That's also affecting movie going a lot. Not to mention, I sound silly to say, but somebody wrote and say, some people are not driving to the movie theaters today because gas is ridiculously expensive. Eh, that's true too. But one of the advantages that Batman has right now is that it's got practically nothing open against opening against it next weekend, this coming weekend. So it bears to have really good legs. But by the way, another thing working against it, Rob, is something you brought up a lot, was the fact that this is a three-hour movie which does, of course, limit run the number of show times it can get during a day. Also, this isn't just Ray. <laughs> I, I've talked to a couple of people that loved this movie, but don't plan on going back to see it because it's it's a, it's a chunky investment. When it, you it's add not, in yes. Nicole Kidman and no. all the trailers, <laughs> this, this is a big, chunky investment of time to go to the theaters and watch a movie. So it's got some things working for it. Things were, I think we're going to see good second weekend, though. Anyway, Chris, you see these numbers. What stands out to you? I mean, I think that they did the right thing doing the fan events, loading this up, getting people to spread word of mouth to get people excited and kind of get rid of their own bias towards this film. I think word of mouth has been the best thing for this film. That's why we're seeing these high numbers. Uh, people at our fan event, oh my gosh, had seen this so many times. Andy, who was celebrating his birthday, he saw this movie, I think it was his third or fourth viewing by the time he came to hang out with us. Yeah, we did the fan event on opening day. Yeah. The, the, the technical opening day. But I only talked to one of the fans there at the fan event who hadn't seen it already. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was kind of yeah. crazy. It was it was that guy and Logan. Yeah. It was just those people who hadn't seen it already. So I think this definitely has legs, and I think we're going to keep seeing this number climb. The, an interesting thing, too, that and this is more of a part of the long-term thing to do with the Batman, is the fact that whereas Spider-Man 
has been able to continue to make money over three months now, Batman won't because they're going to be releasing this on HBO Max in 45 days. That's very true. Now, now, granted, I, I'm not going to fault Warner Brothers for that because, I, I mean, the 45-day window is going to is the new norm. 45-day window is now the new norm. You would think they would have shown a little more faith in it because Spider-Man has made well north of $100 million after its first 45 days. So Warner Brothers just seems to be pissing money away. But... Mm. But whatever. So you're not going to get the long kind of legs, even if it has great staying power, which we don't know if it will or not. But even if it did, it's going to get cut off at the knees because it's got the 45-day window. So that's working against it as well. Man, but isn't the... I mean, it's not going to stop people who want to watch this from their couch, but this is a movie you want to see on a big screen. Oh, oh, yeah, that is. That moment when you see the Batmobile, when you feel the Batmobile in your soul. Oh, oh, it's so good. Get off your couch. Go. Don't watch it on HBO. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, this is one of those movies where if the option is available to you, yeah, you got to see it. Yeah. You I, see I it. had somewhat of a couch at the fan screening. That's true. Oh, that's, yeah, that, <laughs> we had died when you got up. Seats. He just watches you and then he hits me and he's like, "Is Ray gonna get just go lay down in the front?" And, like, yes, he <laughs> and he did yeah. at the fan at fan event. Ray at one point in the movie just got up and walked right to the front row and like stretched out over the seats. That's the way you watch movies, baby. <laughs> Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? 134 million is the second biggest opening weekend since 2019. And despite all the hurdles that we've talked about over the last couple of months about what the Batman was going to be facing, this is pretty damn impressive. What do you think about it, guys? Whatever your thoughts, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with all that down, we're going to move on and start taking your live comments and questions. However, Chris, who reads the live comments and questions, has run out to use the bathroom. But we couldn't extend out the keeps thing. Oh, she's back. Oh, Here we go. And we're getting ready to go. So uh, we're going to give Chris a second to get back into her seat. There she is. Soldier on, John. Hi. Wow. I had to wash my hands. I'm a, man, I'm, I didn't stretch it out very well at all. All right. You got the questions up? <laughs> yeah, we're starting with Seconds from Disaster. All right, let's go. One of three. This movie was incredible. The narration gave it <laughs> Sin City vibes. The awkward tension between Batman and the cops at crime scenes. The obsessive nature of Riddler, Riddler and freak out in the jail. The mobster feel. Batman actually getting injured. And the mystery reminded me of Frozen Ground with John Cusack. And the music, OMG. The only problem I had with this movie was the Arkham cameo. And he could have walked a bit faster shaving off a few minutes. Okay, yeah. And by the way, guys, please be very careful about what you're writing in. I, I mean, we want to... I mean, everybody knows, okay, saying there's a cameo in the movie. Okay, yeah. every movie has a cameo. That's fine, whatever. But no, listen, I, I talked a lot about it on the show yesterday, the, the the gritty feel of it, the fact that this Batman, you know, Matt Reeves talked a lot about going into this movie that we're only seeing Batman in year two of his career. He's not perfect. And we saw in some of the fight clips that were put out as promotions that Batman takes shots. Batman gets hit. He's not like the perfect, untouchable Dominic Toretto uh, of, oh, of no. the comic book movie. He doesn't pull columns down like Samson. No, he doesn't pull entire roofs down like that, which I thought was really interesting to see. And yeah, it was an absolute win. I'm glad you had a good time with that Seconds from Disaster. All right, what's next? Comicizer. My wife pointed out that uh, Gotham is like the continent in John Wick as it has, as in it has this world you just want to dive into and know more about it. What do y'all think? Yeah, the Continental was the name of the hotel. Um, and you're right. I, I kind of, listen, but this is a much darker place, though. Gotham is a crime-ridden, darker place. 
And I think we're going to get a lot more into it once we get into these H, uh, uh, HBO shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't think that she's far off, Comic Nizer. All right, what's next? Andrew at the movies. Hi, John and crew. Was it Jim Carrey you saw in the mocap suit for an upcoming Marvel project? Uh, I, even if it was, I wouldn't say uh, who it was or was not. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, what's next? <laughs> Rafael Castillo, Batman. Wow, didn't feel too long. Could have done without that Arkham cameo. Yeah, a few people have been saying that. Uh, I, I I completely agree. <laughs> there, that's going to be at the topic of some discussion for a while, I'm sure. But yeah, it is what it is. All right, what's next? Casey Mack. Hey, John and crew. I don't know if anybody will be interested in this, but Disney Plus just greenlit a Muppet series called Muppet Mayhem. They did. I'm and interested. it's interesting because they had a show. They, I was at D23. <clears throat> And they had made this big announcement about this Muppet show that was, it was going to be three guys to do it. And Josh Gad was, I believe it was Josh Gad was one of the, the creators and producers and stuff like that. And it just quietly disappeared, mm-hmm. just went away. And now they're announcing this new one with a different set of, but hey, whatever, yeah. I'm down for the Muppets. I love the Muppets. Who doesn't I, love the Muppets? Who doesn't love the Muppets? I really loved their office style show that they did i thought it was super fun once they got a new showrunner in i thought it was delightful i never no, watched no, no. it oh it was, was really great HBO? it was on nbc for a while oh, i think I or no abc abc because disney ABC. it was great it was super oh. super fun all right what's next all right from scotty h i love how pattinson stopped by at theaters over the weekend and mentioned how he wants to do a sequel shows they just wanted to do a good film first i mean look i really love the like there's a, a growing trend of actors and directors going out to the movie theaters, particularly in LA usually, but going out to the movie theaters, Mm -hmm. surprising audiences. I've been in an audience a number of times and that's happened. It's, it adds to the experience. It's so cool to see him do it. And it's cool to see a guy like Robert Pattinson getting really invested in the film. All right. What's next? Chubbs Esp. Greetings and Mahube, John and crew. 2 a.m. here in Manila, but I am pumped for your show. Want to ask you guys, if you were on death row, what last movie would you want to watch before you get electrocuted? Bring on the filthy. That's not even, I mean, Star Wars. They're not electrocuting us anymore either. Yeah, yeah, they don't do that anymore. I don't think so. Uh, Star Wars. No doubt Star Wars. What about you, Rob? All three Lord of the Rings movies so I could live a little longer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the direct the extended director's cut yeah the extended director's cuts. what about Absolutely. you right one move one last this movie is not watch. a joke john but i i might put in terminal of course it's the terminal <laughs> I, I i don't i see the that irony there okay. i don't know why it just makes me happy i don't know why yeah. if if you're gonna watch if a happy movie happy, why yeah. not once you're terminal watch the terminal <laughs> yeah chris what about you something nice and light muppet treasure island oh that would be fun That'd one be sweet yeah all right what's next all right uh casey mack oh this was the second part of theirs the series will follow the electric mayhem band as they go on an epic musical journey to finally record their first studio album look anything that gives Into me more that. animal i'm down yeah i mean it's, i love the electric mayhem i band. love dr totally so it's like almost famous but with muppets yeah Ooh, oh, that's man. a good analogy yeah, i like that, that. i yeah. really hope we have animal going i am a golden god be great. <laughs> oh. all right what's next luke batman 0707 Hi, John and crew. My gosh, that Batmobile chase was wow. I have to say, I haven't seen this Batman this intense since Batman versus Superman. Yeah, of course, we got a lot of glimpses of it in the uh, in the Batman trailer and stuff like that. And it it delivers. It, it's not just great. Like, honestly, for me, I think it's a top five car chase I've seen in a movie that I like I've a really good car chase will get you gripping the edges of your seat. And I was like, so in there Mm -hmm. i was so in there i'm not gonna say it's the best ever but i'd say it's a top five it's pretty good yeah yeah and the intensity of it the way it was shot the sound design all that best sound design i've seen in a scene since 
the pod race scene in the Phantom Menace. It was mm -hmm. it was amazing. Yeah, it was really great. All right, what's next? Steel Smith. Yes, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Reeves was talking about it and wanted to do him as a serial killer who froze the bodies. Reminds me of Dexter season one. Thoughts? Again, it it would have to be a thing where mm -hmm. comic book Puritans would have to take the stick out of their asses and be okay <laughs> that if Marys did it, he would be making some changes to ground it a little bit more. Yeah. That would be like the way he did it with Riddler was perfect. If he did it, if he did something like that with Mr. Freeze, I think it would work. Well, that stick makes me feel safe. Let him be in love with Nora. <laughs> All right. What's next? Hey, Marcellus. The first time I heard Michael Giancino was in 1998 when he did the score for Small Soldiers on PlayStation 1, wow. same as the movie. A great score that proved games can have movie-like scores. Well, I'm telling you what, I, I, as I do some days, at least one or two days a week, I got into the shower today and I said, hey, Google, uh, play What Are You Going to Do When You're Not Saving the World by Hans Zimmer. Of course, that's the Superman theme for Man of Steel. And so I'm I'm in showering, listen, dun, 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 dun. Like I'm just rocking out, getting my blood flowing, getting ready for the show today. And that ends, and then it'll start playing something else. And it started playing the Batman soundtrack. And I, I just, I, I got excited. It made me smile. Um, that th Those notes, those notes that just repeated over and over and over again through the film, but so effectively, it was so good. Uh, yeah, G. Kino, he's uh, he's something special, and, and we're going to have to keep our eyes on him moving forward. All right, what's next? BMG501, I wanted to say thank you for the Batman open spoiler discussion. I had a lot of fun thinking back over the movie and hearing what yourself and others had to say. Have a great day. It was a blast. Like, I'll just tell you, I had a great time doing it. Four and a half hours we went uh, yesterday talking about it, and we're going to have to do uh, probably a couple more hours uh, a little bit later we'll get part two of that put up pretty soon but it's great being able to come in like a movie especially when you watch a movie that you really like then being able to get together with the fan community and just talk about it openly like we had a full half hour the batman review on the show last yeah, week. yeah we did but you know we were we also had to be careful not to reveal things that somebody who hadn't seen the movie can see to get into an environment where it's just all open spoiling just talk openly was an awful lot of fun all right what's next chris barcinas i guess my 160 dollars million prediction was wrong yeah, but not like not, not ridiculous. Twenty, you were only off by twenty six, so not so I was off by sixteen. Twenty six uh, is is yeah a bit off, but it's not like a world away. All right, what's next? Andrew at the movies. Jeffrey Wright is a lucky man. Best friends with Bond and Batman. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. It's just I you know where I really took notice of Jeffrey Wright, and I keep forgetting the name of the movie. But it's the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal where he's on the train um, and he has to re he has to live it again. In oh, yeah. Oh. Source code. Source yeah. code. Thank you. Where I really first took, first took notice of Jeffrey Wright was in Source Code. And it was all about his voice. Like he's got a Jeremy Irons, James Earl Jones-ness to his voice that he really, really decides to talk. Like it's just amazing and I just think the guy's an absolutely fantastic actor. And I'm not even a big fan of Westworld, but I, I really like him in Westworld a lot. And he just brought, I think, the best Gordon-Batman relationship chemistry I think I've ever seen in a movie. No, it was it was really well done. You know, he was also great as Felix Leiter. Um, yeah. The yep. way he would call Bob, oh, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the CIA brother. The, I'm, I love, I, he was great. Well, was, talk about an actor, too, who can do voiceover and on camera work yeah. seamlessly. 
He he understands the assignment. No matter what medium he's in, he gets it. He's the watcher. Mm-hmm. And just thinks of him as the guy from Hunger Games. <laughs> so that is, you know, we, we, we remember people from the stuff we love. All right, what's next? Casey Mack, one of two. Hey, crew, I've been hearing some people say, well, the Batman didn't make as much money as Spider-Man No Way Home, so it's a failure. First of all, it didn't need to make more money than No Way Home. The fact is that it's the second biggest opening in the pandemic. Was success enough? Yeah, I mean, I, again, look, if you want to say you're a moron without saying you're a moron, say it didn't make as much money as Spider-Man, therefore it's a failure. I mean, that that's, that, that's how you do it. Only two films in history made as much money as Spider-Man did. Um, so yeah, I, I would just leave it at that, man. I would just leave it at that. All right, what's next? John Redcorn. In my opinion, it's a missed opportunity if Marvel doesn't have Martin Lawrence appear in Doctor Strange as a variant of Black Knight Kit Harrington. Please, Mikey. <laughs> LOL. I heard so many people saying that after coming out of Eternals. And so many people saying that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, you know, you never say never. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say they're never gonna do that. I don't I don't think it's ever gonna happen. All right, what's next? Andrew Poor. Hey, John, I would personally love to see Mr. Freeze in this new Batman universe. His story is already dark, so all they have to do is ground him a bit, in my opinion. That's the key there, right? Like, the nature of his story fits the nature of Matt Reeves' universe. It's just some of the fantastical stuff, like how far the sci-fi goes, right? Like, people are, like, some people are saying in the open spoiler discussion yesterday, it's like, well, this movie's already totally sci-fi. I mean, he's wearing contact lenses that are cameras. I'm like, you do realize that this week Elon Musk announced they put a computer chip that interf that interfaces with a monkey's brain. In a Did you see this video, by the way? I don't like it. They literally put the computer chip in the monkey's brain, right? And they trained the monkey. It was playing, I think it was Pong. And they trained the monkey that when he would succeed, like he had a remote control, when he would make the ball hit the paddle, he got something, right? And so they were able to do that but then they had him play it without the joystick and he was able to move the thing with his mind. It's some of the craziest we're about to kill ourselves as a species <laughs> moments I've ever seen, but we live in a world where that's real. Having an image sensor embedded into a contact lens that was by the way, very low image quality. Mm -hmm. Is that really so far-fetched? No. Nah. It's, 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 it's with, whether it's sci-fi or not, it's within the reach of possibility. So if you could do that as well with Mr. Freeze, it doesn't have to be actual technology that actually exists today, but just with, that is within the reach of what could be real. You grounded that level, it totally works. I think it totally works. I agree. All right, what's next? Rafael Castillo. There's video of a little girl in a bomb shelter singing Let It Go in Ukrainian that will slam you in the feels. My heart goes out to that little girl and the Ukrainians. Um, by the way, um, what was her name? Adele Dazim. Adina Mattel. Adele Dazim uh, got on uh, social media and actually made a video message to that little girl, like responded to it. It's oh, like uh, one of the coolest things. If you haven't seen that, that like the original video that he's talking about, and Adina Mazel's follow-up to that, you should go check it out. If you want to feel good about humanity, there, there's something to do. All right, 
Thanks for that, Raphael. What's next? Comic Nizer. Is it safe to say we're getting a sequel? I, I think that's beyond safe at this point. <laughs> yeah. it's, the question is, when do they start shooting it? it? It better be less than five years. All right, what's next? Mark Rebels. Where is the League of Shadows in the Batman? Uh, they were at the 7-Eleven. Uh, that's, that's the actual answer. They were in the 7-Eleven. All right, what's next? Bernard McAllister just sends in a dollar super chat to support us. Oh, thank you, Bernard. All right, and then Blake62. After seeing the Batman, I don't want this crossed over with anything. Give us a DCEU Batman, but leave this world alone and build it further. Loved it. Somebody in the live, uh, like one of our regular viewers who's great uh, in the in the uh, open spoiler discussion yesterday said, you know, what they really need to do now is they, they need to cross over uh, this Batman with Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And I was just, no, 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 fuck no. No, 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 no. God damn, no. Do not, that. just don't cross this over with anything. Let it be what it is. Let it, let it enjoy what it is and thrive under what it is. I was like Michael Scott in The Office. You never saw that episode, of course. Like, God. Please, he's telling me. God, yeah. Yes. Said, God, no. God, why? No. No. Just no. All right. What's next? From Alex, after Riddler shows picks outside the club, wouldn't it? Okay, never mind. Well, like, okay. Yep. Hey, Marcellus. I would love uh, Mr. Freeze, but if Reeves wants to stay grounded and do more mentally scarred villains, the Mad Hatter and Ventriloquist would be good options. Black Mask is also a good rival for Penguin. Well, see, Black Mask was was a name that we brought up very, very early. Like that, mm -hmm. like that is a, a a character figure. Black Mask, Court of Owls. Um, mm -hmm. This all fits in really, really well. Of course, then you got guys like Scarecrow, but Scarecrow was kind of done in a more real grounded sort of way already in the Christopher Nolan films. But, but you know, he's definitely one. Yeah, I mean, I the idea of Court of Owls as an as an offshoot of this because already the whole well, I can't say, but renewal, there was already kind of a Court of Owls sort of a thing and and I'd love to see that because I love the Court of Owls. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there. Like even Gotham the TV mm -hmm. show Gotham's try to get into the court yeah. of owls. Yeah. And well, too. the like, next Batman game is doing that too. Right? Yes. Which is going to be super fun. I, I don't even know if Batman's in that next Batman game. I think it's just the Bat Children. Yes, the Bat Kids. Yeah. All right, what's next? Splendorous. Saw the Batman a second time, was able to see slash appreciate more of the establishing shots and some scenes from when they filmed in Chicago. Yeah, they shot this movie all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like they were, they shot stuff in London, Chicago, New York, uh, a few other places. Um, but it was neat seeing like scenes in the movie that you recognize from production shots that we had seen a year or two earlier, right? So it's kind of, but it is always neat when you get to watch a movie and you actually recognize landmarks of places that you've actually been. That's always fun. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Rado. So the Batman was amazing. Decided to take my mom and sister. My mom isn't a fan of comic book movies, but took her to see this since it looked more real world than an MCU film, and she liked it. Yeah, this, every once, like Rob, when we talk about like comic book movies that, that go beyond the genre. Sure. Like a Logan, like this. These are the types of comic book movies you can show to people that are not comic book movie fans and they can enjoy. I remember when my, my dad watched Logan and loved Logan. My dad is not a comic book movie guy. My mom is, but my dad is not. And he really liked Logan. I knew he would because they had the Western themes and stuff like that. Do you think this is the kind of movie that can, you know, get the non-traditional comic book movie fan and get them really invested as well? Uh, absolutely. First of all, you know, it is kind of a standalone film, but it's a crime thriller. And I think, you know, look at how well police police procedurals do on TV. This is yeah. this is like what that is. It's a it's a sort of highfalutin, it's it's dark procedural. 
I, I think we'll see more of that in the future too. Like I comic com, comic book movies that go beyond, like way beyond, like Batman Beyond. Ooh. <laughs> 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 he likes himself there. He likes that. All right, well, I'm waiting for that too, because that way we can say to John, "Told you." Yeah, I know. Hey, let's look. Here's the one of the truth. For ten years, for ten years, people have been saying to me, "Any minute now, John, a Batman Beyond." You said they're within the next couple of years, Batman Beyond. I said, "No, there's not. No, there's not." And then every next year, John, every minute now, they're going to be announcing a Batman. They're going to do one really soon, really soon. I said, "No, they're not." And then again, the next year, John, they're going to do a Batman Beyond really soon. And I keep saying, no, they're not. For 10 years, I've been right. Now, again, let me <laughs> emphasize. After Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out, I believe by a factor of five, the likelihood of a Batman Beyond live action thing getting done has, has gone up a lot. Because I think Spider-Man No Way Home, or sorry, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse checks off a lot of question boxes that doing a Batman Beyond would do. And let's put it this way. I think the chances of a live-action Batman Beyond has gone up five times since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think the possibility of a Batman Beyond animated movie has gone up ten times. I still think we're going to... It is far more likely you're going to see a Batman Beyond animated movie than if you want to follow along the path of Spider-Man No Way or Into the Spider-Verse. I think it's double the chances we'll see an animated movie, but uh, but I think the chances of a Batman Beyond live-action movie are higher today than they have ever been before. Higher today than they've ever been before. Okay. So we'll see. I agree. But for 10 years, I've been right about this. And everybody's right, going to be dead wrong. All What's right. next? What's next? Casey Mack, one last thing. Did you guys hear about the troubles Anthony Starr got into in Spain? Will this affect the boys at all? No, not going to affect the boys. No. Uh, some people say, man, I had a lot of people writing, why, John, how come the Anthony Starr thing isn't part of the thing? Because it's a TMZ story. It doesn't affect movies or TV shows or anything we're watching. It's a non. It's a non-story. So, if you guys want to find out, Anthony Starr, the guy who plays Homelander, got himself into some trouble. It's. It's. You can go read the story online, but it's not within the purview of what we talk about here because it's not affecting the movies or the TV shows we watch. Hey, John, I watched the first two episodes of Diabolical. <gasps> oh, you did, and I liked it. I yeah, didn't know it's like it's did not you? too raunchy. It's like you? Looney Tunes on on cocaine for real. <laughs> Ooh. I wasn't Looney Tunes, yeah. Looney Tunes on cocaine? I figured well, yeah, if you were worried Peacemaker was too raunchy that you wouldn't like it. No, 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 no. When it's when it's uh, like animated, I don't mind okay. as much. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check it out. I think the, t the trailer was terrible, but I am, but I love the boys. So and I, check it, it out. Is it an anthology? Is every episode different? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's different. Is it yeah. different? And they're styles. really short, like and 15 different minutes. different storytellers. Yeah, different like so 15 minutes. Oh, perfect. I heard a few of the episodes were actually quite good. That's so. awesome. That's what I'll binge on Wednesday. going to have to check it out. All right, That's what's awesome. next? Uh, Mr. Hank Dunn, I know it won't happen, but I would love it if Gunn put Doom Patrol in Peacemaker Season 2. You're, number one, you're right, that won't happen. Yeah. But you're also right that it that would be pretty damn intriguing. Seeing Peacemaker and Robot having some kind of verbal spar, I, I would die for that. I, I could see something like it actually occurring. I could see somebody from Doom Patrol being brought into Peacemaker Season 2. I could see James, James Gunn, Gunn Listen, James Gunn got like Aquaman into it. So, I mean, there's really no limit. Listen, he has so much sway at Warner Brothers right now. If he said he wanted it, Warner Brothers would let him do it. So, uh, I mean, I would kind of really like to see that. All right, what's next? Scott D., did you ever see Cyrano? Good? Thoughts? Yeah, we talked about it on the show. I thought it was quite good. It didn't live up to my hopes. Yeah. 
I was hoping for a best picture contender. Same. And it wasn't that, but it's quite good. And uh, Peter Dinklage is fantastic. He's in incredible in it. Yeah, really good in it. All right, what's next? Yasmar Hidalgo, any chance of an Oscar live stream? I know you can't show it, but I'd love to hang out with the Campia crew on the big night. We've done that before. We, uh, we've done a live stream during Oscars several times, actually. I need the Oscars to show me that they're back on track before I do that, though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, like their choice of hosts this year while i like each one of them individually i mean listen i really like tom brady a lot if you tell me he's hosting the oscars i ain't watching the oscars i mean i love tom brady i love him but he's not a right choice Wait for the minute. oscars yeah you would i wouldn't if tom brady hosted the oscars i straight up on. tell you i wouldn't that would be a terrible decision but what if he turned out to be really good well Let's then somebody go. will tell me that afterwards and then i'll watch it later but right. no it would be a terrible decision and while i like the individuals they've gotten for this I still can't believe it's real. It still feels like a bad joke. I know. Who they've got hosting the Oscars. And so I have very little interest right now. I'm huge interest in the results of the Oscars. Sure. Very, very low interest in watching the Oscars this year. So if they can show me they're back on track, maybe next year yeah. we'll do that. I got to text my mom and be catty about outfits. I can't be on a live stream. I mean, I'm not going to I'm going to watch, see what, I'm going to watch the, the red carpet to see who's wearing what. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll probably I got to have mama car being like, what the hell is that? It's the only time of the year I ever care about fashion. As I like to see what it's people so wear at the Oscars. <laughs> All right, what's next? Michael Bradley. Hello, John. Saw the Batman in Dolby, and it was awesome. And watching the new Doctor Strange trailer in Dolby was insane. Oh, that's it. We talk about seeing Bullet Train on the big screen. Seeing that Doctor Strange trailer on the big screen is so freaking I love good. the music in that trailer. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I mean, that movie, I can't wait to see that movie. I, it's getting to the ludicrous level. You're at ludicrous speed? I'm I'm getting to ludicrous speed. Going plaid. We're going plaid. We're going plaid. Is, it, is it May fifth? It opens May fourth, May fifth, something like that. I honestly cannot remember. It's, it's not May soon something. enough. It's not, not the fifth. Ray, can you look that up? Oh, sorry. Uh, or Chris is looking it up right <laughs> yeah. now. It's no May something, album. right? Like it's not June. It's before the summer. I think it is May, but I can't remember. Some people say May, May 6th. 6th. Yeah. All right, May 6th. My Thank anniversary you. is the 5th. That's why I knew it wasn't Thank that you, Marvel theorists they and Ricky Ireland and Colin Z and Tim Platt. Like May 6th. I cannot get here soon enough. All right, what's next? Daniel, you know the rappers in Gotham be going off. Damn, what a city. I don't know what that's a reference to, but all right. <laughs> I mean, yes, it would be a pretty, if you're, if, you know, a lot, if, if a lot of musicians and artists draw from the trauma in their lives. So I guess, yeah, the musicians in, in Gotham could definitely do that. All you right, what's have next? street cred. Andrew at the movies. We need to get a John Campia show fantasy football league going. I played fantasy football for, I think, six or seven years in a row. By the way, if you ever got to put money on a fantasy football player, put it on Anne. Anne continuously wins, comes in second or third in her like 15 pool fantasy football. Anyway, I played about seven years in a row. Um, not once did I make the playoffs. Wow. Me too. Yeah. Womp, womp. But, but yeah. I also drafted all Bengals too. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the yeah. way I wanted to win. <laughs> but I mean, and I know football. And Ann really didn't. And Ann constantly, one, two, three. And me always finishing out of the playoffs. Couldn't believe it. All right, what's next? All right. From JSW11984. Was able to see the Batman in Dolby Atmos. Nice. Didn't even know we had a Dolby theater in, oh, in New Zealand? How do you, 
I don't know how to say this name. I've never Atriora? heard of it. Yeah. Atriora. Thank you, Rob. Uh, event 277, new market for other Kiwis. Well, first of all, I didn't know you had them out there either. And the fact that you got to experience it in a theater like that is awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing that, JSW. Dropping some knowledge on us here. All right, what's next? Film Code. Spirit Awards edited in three categories in the broadcast. Was not a fan. Left nominees and winners cold. This isn't the problem with award shows. Um... <clears throat> First of all, the Spirit Awards is not the Academy Awards. Second of all, a number of other award shows have been doing this, have done this traditionally a lot, and never has there been a complaint. Um, I really do want to see how this plays out with the Oscars, because I have a feeling it's going to be unnoticeable. But if it turns out cold, and if it feels like it's devoid of any life, and it comes across badly, then they're going to have to course, course adjust. But I absolutely believe it's the right thing to try it, just that if it doesn't work, don't be stubborn about it and keep doing it anyway. Just if it doesn't work, try something else. But let's see how it works out. All right, what's next? Suthius, the story of Agathon needs to be live action form. Uh, I absolutely believe that as well. I, I'm going to let those of you who don't know who Agathon is to, to think about that. All right, what's next? Gone with the Jetta. Set design was weird. I'm not talking Wayne's home. When Catwoman is leaving the DA, the Never mind. Hmm? If, if, if he's going into details about the movie, let's okay. skip it. Uh, James Freeman. John, I heard Robert Pattinson is interested in a role in Dune 2. I think it could make an excellent Fade Ratha. Do you think he could pull off that role? Well, look, again, ex-actor and ex-role thing. Is the actor a talented actor? That's all I care about. Robert Pattinson is a top-shelf uh, actor right now in the world, so he can pull off just about anything. All right, what's well, next? That's who Sting, by the way, played in the A84 version. I think oh, he'd be okay, good. thank you. All right, what's next? Uh, Gone with the Cheddar, that's another spoiler. Addison, I know they're not com uh, comparable, but it speaks a lot when the Batman made more than Dune's entire domestic run opening weekend and was only in theaters a day. By the way, uh, here's a little interesting fact for you. The complete, utter, disastrous failure of Warner Brothers' uh, 2021 experiment of putting all their movies out on HBO the same day they go into movie theaters. In its opening weekend, the Batman made more at the box office on its opening weekend than any of the Warner Brothers 2021 films made in their entire domestic runs. Say that again. The Batman in its opening weekend made more money than any Warner Brothers film did in its entire theatrical run in 2021. How many more pieces of evidence you need to see to understand how big of an utter failure that entire stupid experiment was. They anyway, should have watched our show more, John. They should have. I mean, if only they did. Like, I mean, we, what do we always say? That a theatrical release for a motion picture is what gives it value that will later serve it all the way down its lifetime. You, If you put, I'll tell you, to what you just said, the Batman is going to do so much better on HBO Max because it played theatrically exclusive first. You don't have to pick ones like, do we have success at the theater or HBO Max? You're going to have bigger success when you launch it on your streaming service if it played in theaters exclusively first. It's, it's not an either or, it's a both and. But yeah, they're, they're, they're learning the lesson too late. It's too late for Kalar to save his job. Zaslav is already starting to... Yeah. Make her out the, his, yeah. his office to sweep it out. So we'll see. All right, what's next? Ben Rayner, buy one, rent one, and give one away. Logan, the Dark Knight, and Joker. Um, well, considering I think Logan and the Dark Knight are both 
they're two of the top three greatest comic book movies of all time. Um, the rent one and buy one will have to go in no particular order to Logan and the Dark Knight. And the one I have to give away is Joker, which is unfortunate because Joker is absolutely magnificent. But I'm right there with you. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're just, you're just compared to things that are too high. All right. What's next? K Major. Hey, John and crew. Me and my sis wanted to know what is considered a one-off. I said it's movies like The Joker or Scarface. She says it's movies like Nolan's Batman where the focus is on one character and their world. Um... It's a nebulous term. I, I, I think everybody will have different, like, for instance, you can call Pattinson's Batman a one-off, but it's not really. I mean, it's a new franchise. It's, it's, it's a standalone universe, but it's not a one-off. Yeah, I mean, a one-off would be a, a single individual movie. Yeah. Like, Shawshank Redemption's a one-off, you know? Because no or one's do one-offs get counted as also a spin-off? Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, <laughs> Shawshank 2. What happens in San Juantanejo? Yeah. <laughs> they meet on the beach. Then what do they do? I don't know. It's a good, I, let's put it to the audience. It's a good question, K-Major, but let's put it to the audience. What do you define as a one-off? I, I think it's kind of, again, it's a little bit of a, kind of like saying, what's a spoiler? Everybody has a different definition of what it is. All right, what's next? Prince Zodiac. I haven't seen the Batman yet, but I'm confused about one thing. It's always raining in Gotham. <laughs> Why doesn't Penguin have his umbrella? Weird. I mean, yeah, right? And there's no sun. I think there was a shot. I did notice Ray. I remember after our first viewing said there was one scene where there was sun. And then in the second view, I'm like, ah, there it is. (laughs) There's the sun. Cameo. (laughs) The sun is a big cameo. All right. What's next? Film code. Saw the Batman four times. Nice. Doubt it'll get a one B with it without it going with it going to. uh, Oh, doubt it'll get one billion with it going to HBO Max in a month. Should they extend the theatrical window with the pandemic nearly over? I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tricky question because I don't think the Batman, and I've said this all along, the Batman was never going to be a billion-dollar film. It just it just never was. Right. Three hours, non-family-friendly, all the confusion going on amongst the general movie going on. about what Batman is, the divisiveness over the state of Batman right now. There was just way too many strikes against it. So it was never going to make a billion dollars in the first place. I think what Warner Brothers needs to do is reevaluate this in three weeks. I think if in three weeks, if this thing is still pulling in $10 million a weekend or something like that, then maybe they should reevaluate and push out the 40. Here's the nice thing. They control HBO Max. They don't have to get anybody's permission. They can decide to delay its launch on HBO Max if they want. But I don't think they will, and I don't think they'll need to. Again, the three-hour thing is going to be a hindrance. I don't know, Rob, what do you think is going to No, I, I agree with you. I mean, also, it depends how it does during the week. You know, Spider-Man No Way Home had a lot of business that they did during the week on that film, too. People kept going back. And like you said, John, in the next couple weeks, they'll be able to reassess. But I would tend to think that it's going to be 45 days. You know, I think you're right. John, at the end of its run, what do you think it's going to make? Do you have a... a, a, Overall? Yeah, overall. I'm going to say... I mean, it's so hard to say after just one weekend... Will it will it hit five hundred? Yes, I I think it'll I think it'll start to flirt with six. I think it'll flirt with six, but I, it's so hard to tell right now. I don't know what do you guys think. Well, it's gonna. I I don't think I could make a, even a guess until I see the second weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I reserve you know? the right to readjust my, okay. my okay. thing. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I was just for now, I'll say flirt curious. with six. And the Chinese, yeah, I could see it between six and seven. And if the China, you know, it's it's not surprising to me that they're releasing this movie in China 
because they can see, see they can say see what a corrupt horrible what system a capitalism America is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so they can use that to propagandize, you know. The- All right. What's next? From Joel. Hey, John and crew. Have you seen the movie Fresh with Sebastian Stan? It's about someone that's involved in selling human meat. I loved it. <laughs> it's it's a Hulu original. Yeah. I've seen the trailer for it. I I love Sebastian Stan because I was just watching him in Pam Pam and Tommy. Uh, but I have not watched it yet. But I do want to see. It's a it. rom com too. Yeah, yeah. It's a the yeah. guy. They got. It's like Fresh. they meet meet on a dating app or something. And have you and, seen? Or they meet? In the, don't they meet in the grocery store? Something it, like oh, that. No, I think you're right. I think it was a dating. Is so, it a meet cute? <laughs> have you seen the trailer? Well I'll done. Out well leave. done. Have you seen the trailer? Though? No, I, I, it I looks like heard this at all. Oh, you gotta watch it. I think it. it's your kind of thing. I, I really do. I was gonna say the description of this. I'm like, yes, I'm in. All right, what's next? From Mufasa. One of my favorite movies that isn't well known is Waking Ned Divine. Have any of you guys heard of it? I, I love saw that it. movie and the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. actually, it, it did. It was. I saw it in the theater for a while. I, I saw it in the theater, but th- it's from a while ago. Yeah, you know, like twenty five years ago or something. Oh. Early nineties. I have never yeah. heard of this film. But it's not. It's not. It's not like a little. No one's ever heard of this movie. I mean, it's not talked about a lot today. But it's, when it was out and about, it, it was. A, yeah, it was a well-known and, and film. I want to say it was. It. It's. Yeah, I, but it's a. It's a lovely. Lovely film. Who's in it? So, so I don't even remember. It's from <laughs> Ireland, right? Was it Ireland or it, Scotland? Is it Ireland or Scott? It's it's. Don't Damn, I, I, would, dare. I have it in my head that it was Scotland, and now I got to look it up. Hold it on. might be Scotland. I I don't know. I, I that's how I remember. You're, it. you're probably. Right. I mean, I only saw it once. What thirty years ago? Oh, okay. So, it was. Hold on a second, as I try to bring this up here. Could be Scottish. God, this is so funny. Um, where's my synopsis of it now the synopsis doesn't tell me what country it is you know you're probably right it was probably i don't know it's just i don't i I don't you know it's it's funny because i find as i get older if i've only seen a movie once Mm -hmm. i tend to forget about it and if i don't own it on physical media or watch it over and over again people have asked me about movies that i know i've seen that I don't have any recollection of what they're. The about. only person who's in it None. that other that most people might recognize is James Nesbitt. Right. But I I don't know that anybody else would. But just the thing on the motorcycle and everything. Oh, uh, okay. What's next? All right, from Jedediah Elias. Hi, John. Love the show, but wish you would give your guests time at the end to promote themselves. They would real. They work really hard to make the show great and should be recognized regardless of time constraints. No, no. I mean, look, I, I, like, <laughs> look, look. The entire show. We're Sometimes you do. Where, yeah, some when we do it, like with the other videos we do. But uh, for every show, look at the, look at Rob's lower third right there. Whenever yeah. Rob is on camera or Chris is on camera or Ray is on, the entire show we are promoting. Uh, where you can find them individually and primarily you can find them here yeah. so uh, no by the time we get to the end of the show it's we get we just got to sign off and go i do have to, to do. say so, i don't know why you know i've been i've been streaming with you on your shows since september of 2018 i think um my instagram followers have exploded in the last two months yeah. All of you people out there, I want to thank you for that. It's very nice to have Agreed. all the uh, yeah. nice Instagram and, and that followers. is why we put everybody where, like, we literally, whenever they're on camera, we, again, take a look at the lower third. We always are promoting where you can find them and follow them. So it's there the whole time. All right. What's next? From Bat Talk. Hey, guys, I know the Batman has been criticized as being too long. Have you heard the report that a shorter version was tested and didn't get as good reviews as the one we got in theaters? Thoughts? Um, I... 
I would probably claim, believe that those claims are bullshit. Um, most of the time, whenever you hear news about, unless it's coming from the director themselves, nine times out of 10, when you hear any story about a movie's test screenings, it's bullshit that somebody's making up. I will say that he did address the fact Matt Reeves, he didn't say it was a shorter version. I think actually he was talking about that there was a longer version. Yes. But he did say that the thing that... Uh, he I think learned, it was three hours and 40 minutes was yeah. the, the one cut he turned it But in he half. did say that the thing that he got from test audiences was how much people liked the world of Gotham. Oh, yeah. That that when And so I can imagine they did a version of this where they cut it down and made it more bat-centric and not... They didn't concentrate on the world at large like they that it was a little tighter and more i could believe that and they realized that it was better and more fulfilling when there was more of a meal more of gotham more of what we got yeah all right what's next luis enrique de la pena i've been thinking on canceling some of my streaming service subscriptions because schools are going back to 100 percent in a live setting do you think people will think alike and will streaming services do something about it look we've talked a lot a lot over the last couple of years about the fact that the reality is this horrible doomsday scenario when cord cutting was just becoming a thing like eight, nine years ago that, oh, you think you're going to be saving money, but eventually you'll realize a cable was cheaper and people like me said, nah, you're just being salty. I now pay more than I ever did for cable. Now, gr granted, I subscribe to almost all of the, not, I don't subscribe to all of them. I subscribe to a lot of them. Um, but uh, with more coming and prices doing nothing but going up, uh, we are going to be getting to a point here soon, and we are probably already here, that people have to make choices about which streaming service they want to have and which ones they don't. And it's something, it's the a la carte approach that all of us have always wanted to have. It, like those of us who grew up as cable subscribers, we've always wanted to have a true a la carte options, and that's what streaming gives us. But the reality is, it each individual streaming service is pretty damn cheap, but when it you know, add it all up, it starts to get expensive. And I think people are going to have to make choices about which they want to keep and which they don't. Yeah, I think a lot more services too are going to do the VPN or have you have to do that passcode like Apple TV does. Yes. Because I'm one of my only friends who has Apple TV, so my friends will be like, oh, let me borrow your code so I can watch Ted Lasso. You're always talking about it. And then I get a thing that says I have to punch in this code. I don't want to give that to all of my friends and no. have them interrupt my evening. And Netflix has already announced that they are going to be implementing more of everything. Like a lot of, for a long time, a lot of the streaming services were like, oh yeah, share your password. But yeah. we always said that ain't going to last long. And mm -hmm. sure enough, they're starting to crack down on And I think within the next two years, I think password sharing is going to become impossible. Oh, yeah. They're going to build in other things where not going to be able to do it. I think the sweet spot is $4.99 like as soon as it goes above there that I, that's why i'm thinking i'm gonna just keep this the paramount plus mm -hmm. right you know if it's any good i'm just gonna keep it it's 4.99 that's fine but then like i think netflix goes up i think basic now is like what 8.99 well, the general thing is like 14 though i think i mean they yeah. raise it even yeah. more now right yeah. yeah but like here's the thing though per individual service as much as i complain about the cost of things the reality is when you look at what you get with Netflix, $15 a month is laughably low. Yeah, yeah true. When you look at, when, if I add up how many hours between me and Anne we have Netflix playing, what we're paying on a per hour basis is laughably low. I mean, it really is. So we, it's easy to say for me, and I'll be the first one to say it, that yeah, $4.99 is the good sweet spot. 
But the reality is that's not realistic. Like with what we get now, with something like Paramount Plus, we ain't actually getting much. Yeah. So four nine. I mean, I literally the John Campy YouTube channel literally gives you more hours of original content every month than Paramount Plus does. Cancel so, your subscription. So you only this. Subscribe to Campia Plus. <laughs> With solo shows by Dr. Jack Hammer and the amazing Mr. Fantastical coming right to you and your door every And day. access to my OnlyFans. And access to John Campion OnlyFans. <laughs> I've always said that I, I'm gonna, I've threatened my audience with uh, the John Campion reverse OnlyFans. Like, start sending me $10.99 a month or I'm going to start sending you dick pics. So you subscribe and you pay $10.99 a month to not get those emails. I will make a fortune. It's a legal nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's I think we could start a Chef Pleasures only fan. I think a Chef Pleasures I, I, I think only fan would make all the money oh in the gosh. world. Oh my gosh, people would pay so much money to watch you like cooking on yeah, a screen. Yeah, that's all you do is cook. Yeah. That's it. Well, oh, yeah, you don't have to do anything rubbing your own nipple. Oh, okay, like, no, <laughs> While you're stirring craft dinner. <laughs> okay, let's, what's next? <laughs> what's next? All right, we move on. From Joel, hey, John and crew, just wanted to pop in and say, I love the show and what you guys bring to the fan community. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for all that's you do and have a great day. It's always, Joel, again, it's always cool when somebody just wants to write in to, to be nice and say something encouraging. So thanks for that, man. And thanks for being part of our community, dude. All right, what's next? From Michael Serda. Any updates on when the Batman will be up for if we, uh, be up for 4K Blu-ray pre-order? I am not a physical media guy, so... Uh, it hasn't been announced. I would imagine probably the way things go with that 45-day window, I don't know if they're going to want to use it to generate subscriptions. So we might have to wait three months i'm gonna have maybe, to three, double months. check but one of our viewers possums was saying it was already up oh. in some places but that i'll pre, double check order was already yeah. up yeah i'll double check that i haven't seen now it. Th again we said before we're saying it this won't last long because the like warner brothers more and more is going to be using their films to promote people subscribing to hbo max and they're going to start taking away other options so, oh yeah it is up oh. yeah yeah really? it is up for pre-order uh does it say a release date um no, but it is up for pre right. Yeah, some places list things without release dates just to have them up there. Okay, what's next? Colin Z, fresh on Hulu with Sebastian Stan is fantastic. Yeah, you're the next. You're the second person to write in about that. We're gonna have to check that out. It sounds really good. There is a release date. What is it? June thirteenth. Oh. June thirteenth. All right. Okay. What's for next? Three months. Peyton Dukes. Hey guys. Well, I never thought I would ever get a hot toy, but after the Batman, I have now pre-ordered the new deluxe set with the bat signal. That is, uh, listen, dude. It's been a while since I bought a hot toy because if I buy one, I'm in danger of buying five. I think I'm gonna have to get that one. How yeah. great is that, that figure? That looks awesome. What you really need to do is go to Jazz Inc. Jazz Inc. Dioramas, and they're gonna put it up for pre-order the Batmobile. The sixth scale Batmobile. Sixth scale. Okay, that bye. Goes, and they they even have you can put a tablet like the old um, the old electric trains that had steam. Right. So it's got a light in the back, like a blue and red light. So it actually has steam coming out of the engine. That's, that's illuminated. That's gonna be big enough for me to sit Trico in it. Jazzing <laughs> diorama to go along to go along with their '66 Batmobile, their Justice League Batmobile from Dawn of Justice, their uh, Batman Forever Batmobile, and their '89 Batwing that they're making in six scale. You know how big that's going to be? Ed, that's that's Daddy pre-ordered that, pre that goodness. It's twenty five hundred bucks. Oh God! But you know what's yeah. great? Jazz Inc. You just pay for it. it. Takes like two years. They just take a little bit out of your paycheck. You don't even miss it. Yeah, I can't live like that. And then two years I, later, 
I can't live like that. No. 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 I don't even use credit cards. Like, I, I I never buy anything on credit at all. Well, you're not buying it on credit because it doesn't exist yet. That's right. You don't get it until you pay it off. Yeah, you don't yeah. get it until you pay it off. So so you can choose to, mm. and you don't have to, depending on what you want to put down a month. I'm telling you, Jazz Inc. rules, dude. The I people will be out by then. Yeah, the same. <laughs> and it'll be a better Batmobile. <laughs> all right, Just we gotta saying, keep going here. We're running out of time. Let's, around. Let's check it out. Uh, Rengi, appreciate all the work you guys do. Oh, uh, thank you, and we, we appreciate you being here for it, man. I like that very much. Thank you. What's next? From Jacob Hirsch, love Batman, but it costs fifty dollars for the small popcorn and drinks. That money could have gone to the John Campia tips. That's right. Damn it. Them, did you see that first day that we were there? They had they had the bat cowl. Yep, there's like a Batman head that they're. And I went back to get it, and they didn't have any more. Listen, Aww. out of all the idiotic things that uh, uh, Adam Aaron, the CEO of AMC, has done, and he's done a lot, uh, the one thing that they're trying to get into a little bit more that I think is actually a very smart move is some of these collectible things. Yeah. Uh, that is a great idea. That is something that is fun for the audience if they want to buy it and it can make money for the company. That's a good idea. He should do more of those and less of the dumbass, stupid, idiotic ones that he does. If he did more of those, he might be doing better. Anyway, what's next? Comic Dizer, $40? Did Adam Aaron, uh, is Adam Aaron the owner of the <laughs> I didn't theater? even know that was coming, but yeah, you would think, you would think this was to be an Adam Aaron thing, but no, it's a Disney thing. All right, what's next? Just Plain Steve, who sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Just Plain Steve. You say no one cares about a Batman Beyond movie, but you could have said the same about Iron Man, Doctor Strange, or Avatar before they came out. It would have the advantage of the Batman name, and if well done, it could be a hit. It's completely not the same. It's an apples and oranges comparison. You're talking about, listen, do you think you could have dropped a Doctor Strange movie before <laughs> the MCU existed and it would have made $600 million? Nope. No chance in hell. But what they did was they created an MCU and they started introducing new characters and they started building a track record. They had success with that. And the audiences went to them and loved them and stuff like that. And then you can put out a Guardians of the Galaxy. You can put out a Doctor Strange. Hell, you can put out an Ant-Man. The opposite is true of Batman Beyond. The general movie audience doesn't give a fuck about Fuckhead McDougal. What's his name? Terry, Terry McGinnis. McGinnis. How dare you? There's three, isn't there three seasons? But no, of the audience knows him knows Batman as Bruce Wayne, period, and stop. Did you really say F-head McDougal? I, I think I, I put did. Put some I respect on McGinnis' name, I, buddy. Make, I didn't even realize it was McGinnis. I was just making up a name out of the top of my head. But the opposite is true of Batman. People expect Bruce Wayne. The, the whole origin of Bruce Wayne, is, his parents murdered in front of his eyes in that dark alley bullet. That is what Batman is. That is who Batman is. But they get that, that is, with Batman Beyond. Yeah. Batman Beyond couldn't even have the popularity to go beyond three seasons. And it hasn't had the popularity to make any kind of a resurgence since. Nobody cares. That said, I go back to what I said earlier. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse worked. And since that worked, I think people at Warner Brothers took notice. And I think today is a greater chance for Batman Beyond uh, becoming a reality. I think more likely as an animated film than anything else. But I think it is more likely today than it has ever been before. That's true. And, See, but uh, look at our people. Our viewers want it, John. I yeah, want it. I want, I want it. it. It's, it's, it's the same people said they wanted a Power Rangers movie and nobody went. Power Rangers the same was good. Thing. Power Rangers is coming back. I liked Power Rangers. I, I liked the last Power Rangers movie I did. But again... It's more just, phenomenal, John. I, I it's more phenomenal. Detective Pikachu was coming out. And I said, it ain't going to do that well. I mean, the, I thought the trailers looked great. And I thought the movie was all right. The movie was I okay. I loved it but, so much. But I remember all these people writing to me, John, you don't know nothing. Nothing. Because nothing. Pokemon... 
<laughs> is like the second most valuable IP, and they were right, mm -hmm. is the most sec is the second most valuable IP in the world. Oh, you don't that. know nothing. This movie's going to make a billion dollars. And I said, okay, that's cool. You know what the fourth biggest IP in the world is? Winnie the Pooh. How'd that uh, Christopher Robin movie do? And sure enough, this movie nothing. came out, and everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And sure enough, Detective Pikachu came out and didn't do bad. Didn't do bad. Didn't sniff a billion dollars. You would, you, like, how many people wrote in when we were still at AMC and, and Klein and stuff like that? How many people would write in every day to insist and call us morons because we were saying uh, Power Rangers is not going to make a billion dollars? John, you don't understand. This thing has all the nostalgia and everybody in the world loves it and everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. Came out. Nobody just wants it, to see it. it. It's because it was Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. Now, if you do Pikachu Beyond. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a detective story. Detective Pikachu was kind of Pikachu <laughs> Beyond. Pikachu Beyond. <laughs> but again, it's the same thing. Like everybody says, look at everybody wants it. No, they don't. It's it's this of some of us who live in this bubble, and I live in this bubble too talk about it but outside of the bubble nothing and it's the same thing that was for power rangers it'll be the same thing for batman beyond and for 10 years that's why warner brothers hasn't gone near it but today there's a bigger chance than ever and and, and it very well could happen today now 10 years later yes now i think there's a chance but we'll see We'll see. All right, what's next? Ben Rayner, unpopular opinion. I like Predators the best of the franchise, even more than the first one for me. I tell you, Predators was Predators actually pretty good. Was actually pretty good. I mean, it's really the only one of the bunch that I would go, yeah, that one, that was a winner. And I never thought I would ever hear somebody tell me that Hot Toys was going to make an Adrian Brody figure. But oh, <laughs> was that the one with are. him in it? Yeah, Adrian, yeah, I like that one. The too. pianist guy. The, the pianist, pianist, pianist yeah. guy. I love now, him. Who has his own Hot Toy? All right, what's That's next? Great. Jedediah Elias sending in an almost $20 super chat. Thank you, Jedediah. Saw the Batman for a third time last night in Dolby Cinema and finally understand what makes this movie so special. It's about Batman recognizing what makes real heroes, and it's not vengeance. A near-perfect Batman movie. See, what's really cool about this movie is because we're catching Batman, and no spoilers here, because we're catching Batman early in his career, there is a true character progression and a character growth that happens. Yeah. The Batman you get at the end of the movie is not the same Batman that you get at the beginning of it. And again, we won't talk about how or why, but that's really one of the great things that Matt Reeves' decision to go with an earlier Batman uh, left us with. And it was a really powerful part of it. So I completely agree, Jedediah. And again, thank you for supporting us on that level, dude. It's really cool of you. All right, what's next? Uh, the Man with the Master Plan. Ranma one and a half or one of two. Prob inspired turning red, given that the creators are mostly Asians. Oh, the anime. Okay. Um, however, it's unlikely to be as raunchy as Ranma. It's to bring on the filthy. Um, and by the way, two people I know hated Batman. Both were what I'd categorize them as general audience. Maybe I'll unfriend them. Just kidding. <laughs> or am I? Well, you know, hey, listen, uh, there is a, a mutual friend that we have that is on social media very publicly hating on Batman, like did not like it. And uh, this person knows their movies very well. Uh, a lot of similar tastes we have, but you know, Batman didn't work. And this guy is no comic book movie hater. 
this it just it didn't work for him and and it, it speaks to that so it's not going to be for everybody uh the man with the master plan it's clearly not going to be for everybody even people i know in my circles that didn't happen to like it's it. true i think it's absolutely brilliant though i completely thought it was fantastic all right what's next cincinnati's five-star barber there he is yeah, there he all is. right going to the batman for my second time tonight and got my pre-order in for the hot toys the batman deluxe figure with the light of bat signal Bruh. <laughs> so amazingly dope. That excites the pink sack. I'll um, tell you what. Wow, did he really say that? He yes, did. He did. I, I'm not adding that in. Yes. Yeah, yeah Chris was just putting in her own commentary. <laughs> Man, if I had testicles, they would be delighted. And they would be gorgeous and <laughs> pink, be too. What, what did you say in the car, John, when I was telling you about it? Like, I was telling you about the pre-order. We're driving home from yep. the fancy. And you're like, I want it now. Yeah, see, that's that's the problem with me. That's one of the reasons, and this is probably a good thing that protects me. I am such a lame instant gratification guy that if I, like when I look at a, like a new hot out. toy or something else, it's like if I can't buy it right now and have it, like I'm a generation of Amazon Prime. Like what was, what is um, the comedian? Oh the yeah, comedian? yeah, Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang. Like Chang. I want Amazon Prime now. <laughs> I, I want you to bring the food and pre-chew it and drop it into my mouth. Like, but that's me. I'm totally him. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I can't order something that's not going to come in a year. Dude, and a half. you want to know a hot toy figure that I ordered that I'm still waiting on that has not come out yet? Cable from Deadpool Two. No. Wow. Yes. See, that's yes. just unacceptable. I, to me. I told John the release date of the the Batman figure. He was like, "When does it come out?" I was like, "Oh, June. Uh, schedule the ship." June 2023 through September or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, it's going to arrive at that point. Yeah. Yep. So let's September. So you're looking at 18 months. And in my head, gonna... that just means it's dead to me. All right. Listen, <laughs> it's already 1230. We still have a bunch to go. So let's keep All rolling right, here. What's go. next? Jerome, have any other favorite lines from Predator? <sighs> what is the one that he says to you? I'll bleed you. Like that, yeah. that line like creeps me the hell out every single time every time like arnold uh, is trying to mock carl weathers pushing pencils or whatever whatever the line is there yeah. like uh that's great um oh god what's some, like most of the other ones too like again anything with jesse the by the body way think ventura. about that catch you got bill duke you got carl weathers you got jesse the body ventura yeah. you've got schwarzenegger you've got the guy who played the indian character that dude was awesome i mean what a great cast that yeah, movie it has. was it was awesome. so good all right what's next Ingregorio, Ingregorio, reporting back, saw Batman in Screen X. What a waste. Oh. Added nothing. Ooh. It was off for 90% of the movie. The scenes that it was on were stretched out, too. Yeah, so a lot of people writing about Screen X stuff, again, that I've never been to or ever experienced, but I've, I've asked, I was asking people, is it worth the going to it, since I've never been, because I'll tell you what, the AMC Prime is worth going to it, but mm -hmm. uh, thank you for giving us your report it's on that, It's a gimmick. Man. Is that an overseas yeah. thing? No, What's that's that? here. Yeah, here too. That's they, here. They, oh, here. Yeah. I did that for Eternals, and it was just dumb. Yeah. I was like, mm. "Oh, there's mist in here now. <laughs> Why?" Oh, it just felt like bad. someone was vaping near me. Like <laughs> I like little subtle things. Like in the AMC Prime, they got the subwoofers built into the seats, and when something big rumbling, the Batmobile show, like you'll feel that slight extra yeah. rumble in the chairs as well. Like little subtle things like that to me really enhance the experience. Not these over the top things, but that's just me. All right, what's next? Purple Queen. Hey, John and crew. Is it weird we haven't heard anything about Ms. Ma 
the Miss Marvel series? Has it been delayed or is coming this summer like Disney said? No, we've had, look, there was a period of time where we heard a bunch about the production and going production and look at the workout routines and blah, blah, blah. But we are literally in that part now where no news is good news. We don't want to be hearing anything about it right now. Not to mention, Marvel is focusing all of their marketing engines on several other things that like Moon Knight is their main focus right now. Doctor Strange is a big focus right now. So no, it's not weird at all. We heard everything we needed to hear. They're doing <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. It's not time to start marketing it yet. So nothing to be worried about yet. All right, what's next? The man with the master plan. Oh, wait, no, we heard that one already. Sorry. Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Rigo. You know, I ran into Chef Rigo yesterday. I was in the UFC gym. Yep. And uh, we, told me. Ann and I pulled up to the, uh, to the arm bar. That's what they call their juice bar. It's called the arm bar. Get it? And uh, in comes Chef Rigo. And we, we chatted with Chef Rigo. By the way, when are we going to Shogun, man? Okay, no, no, that, that that's seriously, we, we do have seven, and I'll tell you why. I, I'm going to let the audience know, for those of you who are still with us two hours into the show, two and a half hours into the show, I'm going to let you guys know that as of last night when I checked, the John Campia YouTube channel, you remember not terribly long ago, we had our 100 million view party. Yeah. All of us were there. Mm-hmm. As of last night, the John Campy YouTube channel is at 199.6 million views. Yay. Sometime tomorrow or the next day at the latest, but probably tomorrow, we are going to cross 200 million views. We've added 100 million views in the pandemic since the 100 million view, since the, uh, 2019. Yeah. It's pretty sweet, the end of 2019. Son. Since the beginning of the pandemic, which we went through stretches where there was no movies, no anything, whatever, and we're coming up on 100 million views since that. Uh, and it'll happen tomorrow or the next day, and uh, we're pretty excited. But anyway, well, Ann and I were thinking that f to celebrate, uh, the team, we should all go to Shogun uh, oh. for dinner yeah. and see if we can get Chef Rigo here to, to be our uh, chef there for that and uh, oh. have a good time. Anyway, sorry, what was Chef Rigo yeah, what was say? Chef Rigo yeah. saying? Yeah, he had, he had a question. <laughs> chef Rigo says, now that I've seen the Batman, my next anticipated movie is Elvis. Yeah. I have no idea why. I'm not the biggest Baz Luhrmann fan, but that trailer sold it. That that trailer was killer. that movie looks great. It looks yeah. so good. I mean, all, for Anne, all you gotta say is Tom Hanks, and she's in. But when I found out that he did all the singing, mm -hmm. and it like you could tell it's not Elvis, but I'm like, really, that's him? So good. Can't wait for that, Chef Rigo. All right, what's next? Tim Platt or Tim Plate? I will admit that I thought the premise of Prey being set in uh, 1719 was stupid, but like you said, they like a challenge. Hunting relying on vastly superior superior tech would be too easy. Yeah, so I want to see like some hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff. <laughs> like I, I think, I, listen, there, I don't know why they're making this movie, frankly, but there are some things you could do in it that would make it actually pretty slick, Tim. And if they do stuff like that, I'm with you. I think it could be interesting. Let's see how it goes. All right, thanks for sending that in, Tim. What's next? Cincinnati's five-star barber again. Okay, guys, here is my top five list of Brunos. LOL. <laughs> Grapefruit, ginger ale, orange, grape, and, and Rob, my number one, I've heard you mention it before, black cherry. The others get honorable mention. I, what is a Bruno? Is that a, is that a things we don't talk about? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, the, you know, oh, we don't talk about yeah, yeah. We don't talk that about company. that. Oh. Get it. Yeah, it's, it's the straight up cola flavor for me. You know what? I got to tell you, the straight up cola flavor is great, but. I did, as a matter of fact, I got some in my car that I forgot to take out of my car. I hope it doesn't explode in the sun. 
I think I got, I love cream soda as well. Right, the cream soda one's pretty and good. And creamy root, the creamy root beer, dude. That is just, that is just. I didn't know they made black cherry. Dude, the yeah, black yeah, cherry did. Black and cherry is my favorite soda. Black cherry and Dr. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Pepper. But they call Do it. Uh, Dr. Xavier. Yeah, they call it Dr. Xavier or something like that. I right. can't say its name, you guys. Yeah, sorry. Oh. That's right. Oh, my gosh. It's the Voldemort now of soda. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, Tim again. Then again, Ewoks took down the Empire, so it worked. Damn right the Ewoks took down the Empire. Damn right they did. All right. What's next? From Anish. I loved the Batman. Seeing it again on Thursday in a Dolby Atmos theater. I get what you guys meant by being more excited to see it a second time. Yeah, I seriously, it is one of those kind of movies that once you watch it, once you're like, I got to get back in there and watch that again. Because there, there's so many more things you need to re-experience and whatever, and I just, yeah, the second experience for me was even better than the first. I, I have to, I have to say to Anish, don't think I haven't forgotten about your, uh, or maybe that's not the wrong thing to say. I haven't forgotten about your super chat from last week. I haven't done a Rob's observation since then. All right, what's next? <laughs> from Demetrius, have you ever seen the SNL skit of Bill Hader as Daniel Plainview drinking milkshakes in an ice cream shop? It's a perfect impression. It's hilarious. I have not, but now I got to look it I'm up. Sure that's on, that, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, if it's a Bill Hader impression, of course it's For perfect. Bill Hader on Saturday Night Live is gold. Oh, he's a genius. He's so good. I love Bill Hader. Okay, so did you ever see, because I think it was Bill Hader, did you ever see the Comedy Network's roast of James Franco? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where he came in as Mr. Hollywood. Hollywood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because he starts talking about Dave Franco. Because if he comes out dressed in a gold tracksuit and his name is Mr. The, no, the mayor, mayor of Hollywood? Something like something that. Mayor of Hollywood like or the Hollywood king of Hollywood or something like that. He goes, yeah, I knew I could make the Franco boys big, except for his brother Dave, who unfortunately was born with a condition known as dumb face or something like that. <laughs> but he just going and he just rips. Hater's a genius. He's so good. All right, what's next? From Andrew Nathan, saw the Batman for a second time yesterday, but nice. this time at AMC Burbank 16. Nice. Gotta say, it was even better a second time, and that statue is awesome. Yeah, of course, for those of you who don't know, there is, it's in the thumbnail. Well, we do our out of the theater reaction to the Batman in front of that statue. Uh, just as the pandemic was starting, they had erected this great bronze statue of Batman right in front of the AMC Burbanks, and it's an awesome statue. Awesome. And imposing and huge and big. And yeah, it's again, my favorite movie theaters at AMC Burbank 16. I'm glad you got a chance to enjoy it there, man. That statue's right. a little bit Ken doll, though. That's what we noticed when we were there this What's time. What's that? The, I mean, like, I know Burbank is a family-friendly place, but that Batman statue, you're like, well, if you give him the underoos, why'd we go Ken doll? Why is that just a completely smooth? Oh, so you're looking for the bulge. Yeah. You're looking Where's for the, Batman's the bulge? Pinch. Yes. Yeah. I, wow. Was, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, hey, I'm just saying. If you're going to put it's him contained in, in the bat cod piece. Okay. That's right. That's All right. What's next? It's gorgeous I, and pink, though. <laughs> I critic. Just want to thank you uh, once more for inviting me to the fan event. Logan was awesome. It's fun to meet a fellow Knights fan. Oh, thanks, I critic. That's my Logan. He is awesome. That's right. So it's Chris's husband, Logan, who was there, who I haven't seen since we had dinner yeah. at Disneyland. Yeah. I'd never met him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it was great. Thank you for coming, iCritic. It was great to meet everybody there. We had such a good time at the fan event. That was awesome. I hope we do it again. We get to do it again soon. Maybe with Morbius. Maybe we'll do a fan screening of Morbius. I mean, Ooh. I know I want to see it a lot. Uh, me too. Right. I'll be just happy to see people, I guess. <laughs> All right, what's next? Fifi, this might be weird, but the one scene that makes the Batman my favorite Batman. Okay, never uh -huh. mind. Sebastian Gonzalez, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I loved the Batman. Yeah, it was so, like, I again, I am just, 
I cannot wait to watch this damn thing again. Like, I, I've seen it twice. All I'm thinking about is seeing watching it a third time when I can squeeze together four hours to go in there and do that. All right, what's next? we got a repeat in here, so we're just going to end with some support from Richard Lloyd and the Wheat Man. Well, thank you so much, guys, for that. And, guys, that'll do it. For this installment of the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thanks to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave, you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget, guys, a little bit later today, we're going to have a mailbag episode going up. Also, again, reminder to yourselves, the next meeting of Movie Club is tomorrow. We're talking about The Dark Knight. Make sure you guys get caught up on it and join us at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, of course, join us for the next episode of The John Campus Show tomorrow morning as well. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. So going around, I thank Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Ora, Chris Carr, myself, John Campia. That'll do it for us, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends. Bye-bye.